Welcome back to another episode of Talkings. I'm your host, Bobby. Today, it's just going to be me soloing this with my good friend, Zoe, a.k.a. Zobatron, a.k.a. Shaman Zoe, a.k.a. The Peacemaker, a.k.a. Vibe Bottle, a.k.a. So many a.k.a.'s. We're missing Joey today. We, we're going to miss him. But shout out to Joey. He couldn't make it today because he is going deep in the paint with his new business. It's a cleaning business. So if you need your house cleaned, your business cleaned, or anything cleaned, hit me up and we'll get you that information. But anyways, without further ado, welcome to Talking's Podcast Zo. How have you been? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get one of those. You gotta I do. <laughs> uh dude, been amazing. Been really, really, really blessed and really, really lucky. Yeah. In both. Blessed comes from the outside, lucky, we don't know where it comes from. And I'll take both. I'll take it. <laughs> it's all the stones. It's all the rocks, bro. It's all the rocks. Yep. Got the tourmaline, the selenite, the my citrine. I I should I wish I had brought my generator. I have a I have this double terminated uh like uh it looks it's called a generator and it has copper wound around it with like two neodymium maggots magnets on the side really yeah and what is this generator what is it what is its purpose uh, well this one if it was like quartz i think it would just be like a straight like amplifier or whatever you set your intentions into it but this one is a lapis on one side and a amethyst on the other oh nice so i think it's like chill like the chill that you get from amethyst uh-huh. and then you got the like uh, amplifying communication with the lapis. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, man. got it at the Portland Street Market where we've been working. When did you move? So, you, you used to live here in Utah. You're not originally from here, though, are you? No, no, no. I'm Canadian. So, you're Canadian. Where did When did you move from Canada? Did you move straight to Utah? No. I moved from Calgary. So, I was 14 years old. And that number comes up a lot for me, by the way. We'll, we'll get into that later. Okay. I was 14 years old when we, my pops, I don't know what happened, but he just, we were already poor growing up, but he had decided that we were more broke than usual and that we had to sell the house and we had to move to Montana where he had bought some land when I was like literally zero years old. Montana. Montana. Joe Montana. So, oh, Zoe Montana. They missed that. Yeah. could have been one. Come on, man, a.k.a. Zoe Montana. Zoe Montana. Damn. So many nicknames. So many. <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. the Tarzan Forest Pirate, a.k.a. Ghetto Slider. Oh, my God. A.k.a. Soulworks Decals, a.k.a. Lucid Distribution. Um, so, yeah, I moved over from uh, from there, from Calgary to Kalispell, Montana. Okay. And this is, you got to keep, you know, to put it into perspective, put it into context, like, Every friend I ever had growing up, I had from, like, you know, birth. Right. And then, like, between ninth and 10th grade, which ninth grade isn't technically high school in Canada. It's still junior high, middle school. Okay. So I, like, left ninth grade summer, had a wild summer. Like, literally, I was, like, I went back and forth from Montana to to uh, Canada, and I was, like, selling fireworks to my friends. I was buying... Dude, you're an entrepreneur I'm from the telling beginning. you, from day one, bro. 14 <laughs> years old. Yeah, I tricked my mom into buying me, um, like, whole uh, crates of cigarettes. I wouldn't say tricked her. I just negotiated with her in such a way that it 
probably wasn't the most ethical, but yeah. I got my mom to buy me cigarettes, and I was like selling those. I was selling fireworks, whatever. Yeah. And that's what I did. And my parents were nowhere to be found that entire summer. They were moving back and forth. They, they're like, okay, stay with your sisters, right, that were still back in Calgary. Okay. They were nowhere to be found either. So I was just like, at one point, I was sleeping in um, a, uh, an Airstream camper in the back alley of my friend's house. And we knew it, but their parents didn't know it. Holy shit. How yeah. old were you? 14. 14 years old. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, and I was like selling cigarettes and gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> they go hand in hand. Yeah, cigarettes, gunpowder, and uh, illegal fireworks into like, instead of having a summer job, like other kids, other kids were mowing lawns. Yeah. And I was like selling contraband, freaking <laughs> hustling from the back alley. Well, I mean, here's the thing. To, I I did have like a legit job when I was twelve. I had two jobs when I was twelve years old. Okay. So, I, so before school, I'd wake up, ride my bike to the rich neighborhood, deliver like 60 newspapers, come home, go to bed, wake up, go to school, then take my bike, hop on the bus, uh, take the bus downtown, or take my bus to the train, the train downtown, and then I would sell the newspapers at night at another neighborhood. Oh my God. I was 12. I had two jobs. Good Lord. I know, dude. You're Capricorn. Capricorn. Like, that makes total Through sense. and through. Not only that, but here's... Here's how Capricorn I am. I'm January 2nd, which is like split right right in the middle, yeah. and I'm the second decanate. I was born on a Tuesday, the second day of the week, say second day of the week, second day of the year at 2 a.m. Wow. And I was the second two, two, son. Two. Yeah, and I was the second son. Two, two, and two, my two. life my life path number, if you add up all the numbers of my birthday, it's 11, which add up to 2. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm so I'm like in alignment. I was born into crazy alignment, and then and super cap, and but I was yeah, but I I was like kind of lazy as a little kid, like when I was eleven, <laughs> I wasn't okay. pulling my weight. <laughs> <laughs> so twelve, I had to get two jobs. Twelve to get my shit together. Yeah, when I was, yeah, when I was twelve, I was just like, uh, my dad told me he's like, hey, I'm here to give you food. He's like, I have to legally give pay or feed you and give you shelter. Anything past that, he's like, you're on your own. Wow. Yeah. So that's the, that's cow. like the talk. I, that's like the being a man talk I got when I was like 12. I was like, okay. All right. I got two jobs. Here, here we go. I'm, yeah. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So when did you? So from Montana, did you move to Utah from Montana, or were there like several jumps prior to that? Yeah, no, um, so I did move to Montana, or so I moved to, I only stayed there for three years. Okay. Right? And so, and I went to school for like one and a half of them. Yeah. Got into a bunch of trouble, drugs, alcohol, learned how to snowboard. <laughs> yes. Yeah, got my first book on shamanism when I was 16. Really? Yeah. Wow, and okay. Then, and then I bounced, I went to, I came to Park City for okay. a weekend and just never went home. And here we are. And here well, we are. Well, age forty-two. Age, you're forty-two. Yeah. Damn, I no. just turned forty. It's great. Oh We're man. just getting more handsome with the age. I I agree. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> and more charming, <laughs> and definitely more humble. Cool. So let's let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, when I first met you, you had a company called Ghetto Slider. And do you want to talk about that? How did that come to be? 
Yeah, so, okay, so, age 17, I come to Park City, I meet this dude named Aaron, we call him Whitey, Okay. and then <laughs> we meet this guy named Dave, and I go, I go out and party, so here's, the, it's the end of the season, right, it's April, right, right, April 1st, maybe, and I think the season ends at, on the 20th, 420, it ended that year, Okay. 1996, so, uh, my sister tricked me, she invited me out there, because she knew I was like, I was like full on, I was like going to jail all the time, I was in the paper a couple times, yeah, for... For what? One was, we had like the largest paraphernalia bust in their their history, and it was on the paper, and then... He's famous, folks. And then this other time, I, we robbed a a fireworks stand. Oh my god. Like, drove up to it twice and loaded up like a whole pickup truck, and... Then we and we were drunk. We were like hammered, wasted. Oh man, dude, this is the kind of kid I was. Like this wasn't even crazy shit. Like we weren't even the craziest kids in that town. Like we were really. Yeah, there were crazier kids than us. Like who were shooting up the place. Like this little shitty town nobody would ever think about. But that's what boredom does. Yeah. So, but that my sister knew I was getting into trouble, so she tricked me and was like, "Hey, come out to uh, Park City for just the end of the season." And so I'm like, okay, yeah, three more weeks of snowboarding? Why not? Right? Yeah. I get to come stay with her. She's like, everybody does it. They do this this cycle from, you know, all those waiters and waitresses. They come to Park City in the winter, and they go up to Glacier National Park in the summer. Okay. And they just rack. They just make racks, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. She's like, maybe you'll get a job. I'm like, no, I'm just going to come out for a few weeks, right? So I get up there. We get up to the Summit House. And I like walk up to the cashier and I'm like, hey, are you guys hiring? And she laughs. She's like, season's ending in three weeks. She's like, we hire in like September. You know, like we <laughs> start, we over months before the season opens. Right. So then I said, yeah, you're right. That's, that's silly. She goes, how, how about this? I'll take your number and if something opens up, we'll call you. Cool. So I meet, I meet these other kids and um, we go out drinking. I'm 17. We all, we, yeah, we, we, get some beer we, we drink literally all night they call into work and um you know i fall and here's the thing i met them out on the on the on the hill yeah they were they were living in the house next to my sisters no shit of all places so i'm like great so like i wake up i like stumble home right like six seven in the morning whatever uh-huh. and like they're calling into work being like hey we're not coming to work like and they're just like, we're, they're all from Alaska. They're called the Alaska Boys. Okay. And they're just like, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, we're going home, like, a week anyway. Like, let's just quit today. So I, like, get home, and, like, the phone rings. <laughs> and they pick up. I'm not kidding. I pick wow. up. And they're like, hey, like, our entire crew just quit. <laughs> <laughs> we need you. <laughs> they all worked at the restaurant. <laughs> All of them, like we need three you. dudes. Yeah, we're like, we need you now. Like, have you ever worked a fryer? I'm like, no. And they're like, well, come on up. I'm like, how much does it pay? They're like, ten fifty an hour, and you get a free pass. Oh, dude, that's perfect, bro. I was making four twenty five an hour, making bagels at a graveyard shift when I was sixteen. Oh God, six days a week, four twenty five an hour. This is more than double that. Holy yeah. Cow. So I was like, <clears throat> triple the pay, free pass. I'm, I'm in. And, um, and the first day I go up, oh no, as I go up to that, I meet Dave. Yeah. You know? 
and he's like, hey, man, you want to smoke? I'm like, sure. And so, you know, we smoke a joint. And then he pulls, like, a full-blown bong out. And he's got, like, water in a bottle. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> so I'm just like, you know, the, the, the gondola opens. Just smoke comes pouring out. I come stumbling out. And this is my first day of the job, 17 years old. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm so high that I'm melting. I'm just, like, doing this the Mortal Kombat thing. And the guy's like, are you hearing me? I'm like, yeah. I got you, bro. And he's like, okay, we'll just put it in the fryer. Wait 30 seconds. Take it out. Put it back in. I'm like, cool. And, you know, there's like this, I'll never forget this little window. Like, next to this 400 degree fryer is this little window of cold winter air. Just, you know, heavenly heavenly breeze on my face. So, anyway, the reason that's relevant is Dave meets Whitey and Uh I meet Whitey separately. Okay. Right? So, then the season ends. Fast forward. Season ends, Whitey's like, well, you can go home or you can get in this van with us and we're going to go to Mount Hood and snowboard all summer. <laughs> I'm like, just met these dudes. like, And I'm like, who's got money? And they're like, well, just you. I'm like, just okay. You. <laughs> and I only have money because they, they gave me an end of year bonus. Really? Even though I was there for like three weeks. So I just had an extra 500 bucks, which when you're 17 might as well be a million dollars. Right. I'm like, Fuck yeah, let's go. And I, rem- I remember that moment. That was one of those moments where, like, I knew that that was going to change my life. I knew that had I not got in that van, I would have gone back to exactly what I knew. Right. Meth, robbing shit, hanging out in my homie's basement, smoking a pack a day. I used to smoke a pack a day when I was of Newports. Holy cow. I used to drink every night. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Every single night. And then anything else we wanted, like mushrooms, acid, whatever. Like, our pet hurt my homeboy's parents would give it to us like they were our connection damn yeah so i never had any shortage of access to anything right yeah so which is again my sister knew this was happening so she tricked me she knew if i came out there for a weekend i would never go back yes right and it worked good for her yep yep so i got in that van and this is where shit gets crazy okay so me whitey and his he has a pit bull named cruiser okay okay so we drive to Scipio, throw a rod, throw a rod, engine goes out. Oh, no. Yeah. And we're just like, oh, man. So we get towed. Okay. We trade that car in for that van, that Econo line, for 70 bucks. They sell us a uh, 79 Dodge Horizon with a V-dub engine. Oh, my God. Four-door hatchback. <laughs> and there's two, three, three humans, everything they own, and a dog crammed into this thing with this huge burrito tarp on top of it okay <laughs> full of shit snowboard strap and we literally had to go in through the windows because we had roped the door shut oh my god yeah because there was no rack right so we're driving we're driving and then it starts smoking and like smoke's pouring out of the out of the uh, vents and out of the back of the car like oh, we're just like shit. this black comet just barreling down oh my the god and we oh and so we're just like well what do we do about uh, this, this, like, well, A, it's poisoning us, and B, we don't know how long this car's gonna run. Right. And what we, t- what turns out later is because we were so paranoid about throwing another rod, we kept putting in oil and we're putting in too much oil. Oh. So it was dripping from like the oil pan onto the motor, or whatever. I don't know. Right. But so anyway, so we come up with this great idea. These two college girls, I, God knows why they stopped for three guys in the middle of the night in the middle of the desert. I don't recommend that. <laughs> but these three girls, they stop on the side of the road, 
we come up with a plan. We're like, okay, we look on a map, because Google Maps doesn't exist yet. And uh, we're like, okay, we're going to give Dave all of our money, and he's going to go to Vegas, acquire a U-Haul with a with a, one of those dolly trailer thingies for right. a car, and come back and save us. Right? Okay. Okay. Oh, so, so we're sitting on the side of the road for 24 hours. Oh, my God. No cell phones back then, right? I mean, yeah. there were, but they were brand new. Like, flip phones were the coolest, right? The StarTac was about as hot as it got. Right. AirTouch was a thing. AirTouch was a thing. Yeah. AirTouch, remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah. Oh, my God. Eighty. You'd have, like, 80 minutes a month. It was $300, and it never worked. Yes. Yeah. No reception anywhere. No. So we're like flagging. So what we also, what we did have was we had a pager number. Okay. Okay. And so this guy, he was like in a band or something. But so we kept flagging people down that hopefully had cell phones. And, you know, a couple of people did. And we were calling this pager number trying to get this guy to call us back. They'd wait for 10 minutes. Nothing. Well, we're just like. We think we just gave our money to some guy we're never going to see again. <laughs> and we're stuck in the That's desert. That's exactly what I was thinking when you said that. It's like, you're screwed. <laughs> so dead. <laughs> and then and then I just start flipping people off because they won't even, like, stop. Yeah. And I'm still a punk kid, right? Right. So this huge monster truck comes barreling across the road, you know, bouncing across the median, like, like totally pulls a Vin Diesel, stops. Jumps out this giant, this giant of a man. Just no shirt, you know, like yeah, mullet, like the dope shades, you know. Right. He's just like, hey, and I'm like, oh, why did he get the shovel? Like, I don't get the shovel. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot take this man. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sorry if I flipped you off. We're just having. He's like, I hope you didn't flip us off. He's like, and he like reaches in the back of his truck and he pulls out a toolbox. He's like, I'm a mechanic. No shit. What? He's like, yeah. He's like, my girlfriend saw your snowboards on the top of your car and was like, hey, you got to help him. So here I am. Wow. Yeah. So he gets in there, cuts some hoses, moves some stuff and says, hey, nothing's wrong with your car. You just have to quit putting so much damn oil in it. Right? Yeah. We're like, thanks. He takes us back to the, his, his truck. His girlfriend's super hot. Super nice. Super hot. Super hot. They feed us. Right? Really? Yeah. Feed us. They give us sandwiches, Mountain Dew, and then smoke us out. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're just like, okay. And we're sitting in the AC for the first time. Mind you, it's like 100 degrees out. We're sitting in the car, right? Yeah. We're laying under the car because it's the only place <clears throat> to get shade. Dog's dying, right? There's no yeah. water. Oh, man. So, so they basically give us this full recharge and get us high and, like, leave. That's amazing. They were angels. It's total. My... First, like, experience of actual angels were those people. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're sitting in the car, and time is completely slowing down because, you know, we're high now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're just like, Dave's not coming back, is he? He's <laughs> not coming back. <laughs> we, we finally, it finally occurred to us that Dave's not coming back. So we're like, okay, well, maybe he is. Let's write a note, and we're going to, like, tape it to this sign. Yeah. And... You know, we'll just put like Dave gas station first right. And we, you know, because yeah. there's always a gas station off the right of whatever exit. Right. Somewhere. So we tape it up there and we're like, and then we look on the horizon and it's this black cloud that goes across the whole oh, span of the whole horizon. 
And we're just like, what is that? And it's a sandstorm. Oh, no. Like a full-blown sandstorm. Oh, my God. Yeah, dude. This is crazy. This is like some... It was like out of the mummy, dude. <laughs> and we're like, we can't... We definitely can't hang here. So we blaze out. We ended up at this place. I think it's... I can't remember if it's called Pasadena. It has some California name to it, but... Right. We get there, and I'm not kidding. They have a diesel truck with a cable tied to one of those like awnings that go over the gas pumps uh-huh. they have it cabled on because the wind's trying to knock it over wow yeah they're pinning it down and oh we're under God. this thing trying to put gas in the car <laughs> we've like 12 bucks to our name we got goggles on because they're like it's just like a sand blaster right so we finally get to pee we check out a map whitey's like yo we we need to get san bernardino and then he's like my ex is there mike slips there We'll get food, shelter, and then if Dave's alive or has our money or whatever, <laughs> we'll come back for him. So we go to San Bernardino. Um, we hit a Christmas tree right in front of the Luxor. We think a portal opened up. <laughs> it, just <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Full-blown Christmas tree on the freeway. What, does he, why do you avoid it? No. He just he, runs He drops shit. it into third and just hits it and it explodes because it's like <laughs> six months old. And uh, so we get there. And we call her, and he's like, yo, we're in San Bernardino. And she's like, oh, that's great. You're close. She's like, I'm in Santa Barbara. And we're like, oh, no. That's like four more hours away. And we used all of our money and our gas to get there. So now we're like bumming cigarettes. We're still calling this pager number. We're bumming cigarettes. We're like asking the Taco Bell people if they're throwing out food. Like... (laughs) We need water for our dog. Like, the truckers are giving us cigarettes. And finally, another 24 hours goes by. Mind you, we've been on the road for like three, four days at this point. And we haven't even made it past California. Yeah. Right? So now, we finally get a phone call, and it's Dave. (laughs) And Dave's like, you left me. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm not kidding, dude. (laughs) It was like some apocalypse now shit. He's like, you left me. And we're like, what? He's like, you left me. And he's screaming into the phone. We're like, Dave, we put a note up. And he's like, wouldn't hear us. We put up a note. And he's like, so apparently he did. He bribed He bribed some homeless man uh, because he didn't have a driver's license. Yeah. So he bribed a homeless man to use his, acquired the U-Haul, got the dolly, went and got food, drove out into the desert, and turned back and hit the same sandstorm. Oh my god! And it was a it was an empty box truck, so okay. he went to switch lanes and it wouldn't stop, and it and then he went into the shoulder and he rolled the U-Haul. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, four days, four days into this trip. This, this is, is an amazing story. This is crazy. So this is some like uh, road warrior shit. <laughs> this is like Stand by Me, but mixed with like Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Because mind you, like we're high the whole time, we're right. drinking the whole time, and I don't just to notify. I don't want to glorify all of that because I am a recovered addict. Right. So there is a dark side to all of that, and there is a light side, and we'll get into that. But. Yeah. But yeah, I'm just telling it how it is, right? Yeah. I'm telling it in in the present, that's all we knew. We were punk kids. Yeah. And we just didn't understand the power we had to just be able to acquire any chemical we wanted while we're driving across the country. (laughs) (laughs) 
So in a sandstorm. In a sandstorm, and mind you, like Dave was drinking like Robitussin the day before. Like, oh my gosh! Like, pa- like passing out in the car. Like, so anyway, the cops write him a ticket. He has to walk seven miles until he gets picked up. He gets to Vegas. The guy's like yelling at him because he's like, "I got band practice tonight," and Dave's like, "You have no idea what I've just been through." <laughs> and finally, he calls us. We get him a Greyhound. We got like a couple hundred bucks left. A woman with no teeth offers me a blowjob for 50 cents. <laughs> <laughs> Did you accept? I, I passed. Good hard pass. Passed. I said, <laughs> said here, here's some money. Go get some food. Here's double like, that. Like, Whitey had to like, Aaron Aaron had to, he, he was like, no, he wasn't going to just let that happen. He walked in. He was like, wait a second. What do you need 50 cents for? She's like, well, I need food. He's like. Then ask us for food. Like, don't go <laughs> blowing people for 50 cents. That's <laughs> eight guys for a hamburger. Maybe that's where five guys got a snake. Oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Sorry. Mind you, again, yo, I'm seven, <laughs> dude. I'm 17 years old at this point. Thank you. That's crazy. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So hard pass, um, and then we get to oh, so then our radiator cracks on the way to L.A. Oh my god. And then so we're buying, we're stopping on the side, we're st- we're stopping at like all these auto care centers and putting that putty on it, that Quicksilver stuff to seal it. Yeah. We get it to LA and then the tranny just dies and it's it now we're stuck in LA and now we live in LA in the back of some person's yard for two weeks I work as a carny (laughs) (laughs) shut up no dude I got a job as a carny I was an actual carny bro what did you do we built a uh, a merry-go-round Oh my god! Yeah, a this guy, a guy who who builds and manufactures <laughs> merry-go-rounds in in Eagle. What is it called? Is it something Eagle something? In it's like, it's next to like Pasadena and that whole area because we were in South Pasadena the whole time. Okay, so it, was, it wasn't far. Eagle's Nest. I don't know. Somebody out there in LA is probably like yelling at me right now because they're like, it's Eagle something. <laughs> so anyway, I'm literally we're mixing whole gallons of bondo with our bare hands we're like we're like drilling hundreds of holes into like these titanium plates we're we're up at one point three in the morning and like like this he's spraying the horses with this lacquer and it's just got all this like neurological damage like warnings on the side oh no yeah yeah we're just like this is this job's gonna cost us it just mixes with the all the weed and Shit yeah, that you've already whatever. Her poison to this. Our toxic bodies didn't even know hers. <laughs> we were breathing in oil, smoke, and L.A. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Let's go. Drinking Robitussin. Drinking Robitussin. Why not? Breathing in that sand. Breathing in sand. Yeah, and the reason apparently the reason why it wasn't just a regular sandstorm like a regular beige tan khaki one is that apparently once a once a year. Like, it pulls off of the ocean, and it, it pulls all of the pollution from California. Oh, across. God. Yeah, that's why. It was like a poison sandstorm. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> Jesus Christ, how do you live? How are you alive right now? <laughs> I don't know, man. 
I don't know. Go on. So, yeah, so then, oh, I go to my first rave ever. And I think by this, no, I'm not 18 yet. (laughs) But, so I go to my first rave and, like, I think it was, like, Donald Glaude was playing. Okay. Okay. Like that era. Wow. Yeah, Donald Glaude was, like, Like coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And this was in L.A., so this was, like, the scene. This is, like, where... Huge. One of the rave scenes. You know, obviously rave scene. I think it was rave scene really born on the East Coast. I don't even know. I think L.A., maybe even if it was, I think L.A. probably blew it up. Yeah. Just, like, hip-hop was was born in New York, but once you had West Coast, like, it went wild. Right. Right? So, yeah, we're there. I think we do... We meet these two girls. We go to their apartment first. We go there second. I'm dancing. I, I eat some acid. And now I'm dancing for like four hours straight. I don't <laughs> drink any water. And I, I disconnect from my body. And I just like slump over like under these stairs. And I'm like, why won't my body move? <laughs> and I'm like cramping and stuff. Oh, like, no. Oh, I haven't drank water in so long. And I'm just like drenched with sweat. And then this lady comes walking around the corner... And she has one of those, like, trays that they have at, like, baseball games. Yeah. And she's got, like, drinks and condoms and, like, all this stuff. And she just, like, hands me this giant horchata. I've never had horchata in my life (laughs) at this point. (laughs) And what'd you think? Oh, my... Like, I almost cried. It was so good. (laughs) I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Is this made of Pegasus tears? (laughs) Are you an angel? You're an angel. And I could feel like five minutes later, she's like, are you okay? You're fine. You're... She's, this lady's like 60, wearing a wig and are a nurse s- outfit. At a rave. At a rave, and I'm trying Handing out condoms. And yeah, shit. exactly. And she's like, I'm rave mom. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, I just go around at raves. She's like, a nurse. Really? Like, just goes around to raves and makes sure kids don't die. That's fucking amazing. That's an amazing calling. That is an amazing calling. Right? Wow. So another angel. Come yeah. and saves me, dude, from dying. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And we party some more. Dave almost dies in the bathroom of Felipe's. <laughs> just a random Somebody side almost note. hits us. <laughs> random side note. Somebody almost hits us in the street. They have a Utah plate. We run up to them. We're like, where are you from? She's like, Park City. We're like, what? We hop in her car. She drives us back to South Pasadena. We all pass out. Uh-huh. And then... The people we're staying with are like, no, you're not going to party all night and pass out. You got to do chores. So like an hour later, we're awake, and I'm oh. like, in, but I got garden duty. That was oh. awesome. No, it was amazing oh, because was good. They were out in the hot sun having to fix some car, and I was like playing in the soil and talking to plants. You know, because <laughs> I'm still tripping, and I'm just like, hey, hey, little guy, and I'm talking to the roses and the flowers, and. I'm like Beastmaster, like butterflies are landing on my oh, shoulders and my shit. I can, and the bu- and the birds are making are still making music. Like, you ever hear birds chirping and it sounds like like EDM? Yeah, yeah. I'm just hearing that all day. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's amazing. I, I thought it was gonna be job. terrible because you'd be in the sun and stuff. But if mm. you're talking to plants and listening to birds play EDM, <laughs> right? That's amazing. It doesn't get better. So, eventually, we go to kidney kidneys for cars. We buy a, a 63 Dodge Dart with a straight six. 
Which apparently didn't have brakes, which we found out on the freeway. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But the the e-brake worked. (laughs) So that's how we stopped it. We drove that to King City. We finally left. Oh, and mind you, just so you have a soundtrack, um, we like we're playing Outcast Atlians throughout this whole thing. Yes, right? AT Aliens is playing. I can't remember everything, but that one for sure. And Beastie Boys, right? Mm-hmm. And like we were big into like Pennywise, No Effects, right? You know, and it was like the. Good I mean, music. it was also the golden era of oh, totally. hip hop and you know culture, like music culture. So yeah, so we're listening to Wheels of Steel. We roll the hell out of LA after two weeks. We're still just trying to go snowboarding. We just want to go to Mount Hood. This whole time, dude. This whole time. We go to King City, wreck that car into a pole. We trade that car, a cell phone, and a hibachi in for a 73 Beamer with no windows on the sides. Just a front and a back. We need to make a movie out of that. And we're driving. (laughs) Bro. And now we're, I mean, we're kids. I mean, I'm a child. Yeah. 17. Right. No license. My parents don't know where the hell I am. So... So now we're driving up the one because it's the, but it's freezing because it's still like April. Uh huh. It's so we're all in sleeping bags. (laughs) 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 Driving up the one, you know, and again, we move that burrito with that big old burrito. Right. We get to Corvallis, distributor goes out. We're We're stuck in Corvallis in this college town partying for two straight weeks. And we ended up, and we're staying with Whitey's ex-girlfriend, who it just lives with like three hot college girls. Yeah. And we just party the whole time and don't have to go to school. But we had to steal food. We had to go to Fred Meyer's. We had a racket. Fred Meyer's. We had a racket. So what, one of the couple things we did was we go to the you go to the bulk section and you you, t- you as long as you don't use your hands they can't yell at you. Yeah. But you take one thing from every single bin uh-huh. that they have and you'll be full at the end. Really. Yes. I yep. used to do that. Is that you stealing? did that. I fucking did that. I got in trouble for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them sweat you, bro. You're like, I know my rights. I was like, I was at the grocery store with my dad. He took me and my brother grocery shopping, and we'd always go over there and like test all the candy. Yeah. Oh. You want me to commit to a pound of this, sir? Yeah. I got to test it first. <laughs> Freebies. But he'd watch us do it. Like, we'd walk down an aisle, walk back over there, test some more, walk back. Finally, he, like, grabs me by the arm. Where's your parents? Takes me over to my dad. Lays into my dad, and my dad's like, don't get caught next time. <laughs> Go that's on. a good That's good parenting. Right there. It's not don't do it. Just It's don't get caught. Don't get caught. Cheers, Cheers by the way. Man, how far do we go back? It's got to be 15 years. It's a like while. It's been a minute. It's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, I was 24 when I was the CEO of Ghetto Slider. Right. So I, mean, I came a, into, I don't know when that's I 18 years ago. came into Ghetto. I don't know how long you oh, had Ghetto Oh, Slider. you're in the story. That's the best part. Okay, you're a part go. of this story. Oh, go go yeah. forward. Go forward. <clears> so, <laughs> okay, so we're in Corvallis. I almost break my ankle jumping off the roof. And then... And like within, I think, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be fine in a couple of days. And within like an hour, Whitey gets his, um, he gets his tax return uh-huh. for $800. Yes. He finds a van almost identical to the one we left in. 
No way. Yes. It comes full circle. Full circle, bro. $500. And the guy who made these weird, like, I don't know, these date sticks. Have you ever seen those? They're like rolled uh-huh. in coconut. It's like this weird astronaut food. Okay. And he, he included that in the sale. <laughs> Which Shit. came in handy later because <laughs> oh we were always starving. I mean, we were always starving. We were always eating like ramen, beans, going days without food, whatever. Wow. But we always, we always, oh, I forgot. We did also get stuck in Santa Barbara for a week and we sold fake raffle tickets. <laughs> and Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave sold one to a cop. That oh. was the, yeah, that was the cherry on top. Yeah. I found some fake raffle tickets. We had a coffee can. We put like some graphics on the outside, and we were on Main Street. We were on State, like selling raffle tickets to strangers. It was terrible. Just a side note: never go on a road trip with this man. You probably end up having car problems. <laughs> You're probably under <into> PTSD. <laughs> what are you talking about? Go on. He sold sells a raffle ticket to a cop. Yep. Oh, and then we're eating oranges right off the trees. There, they're good. Okay. And uh, anyway, so fast forward. So Corvallis, the dude's making these things. He sells us the span. Corvallis is probably, if I had to guess, an hour and a half away. Uh-huh. Like you could see Mount Hood from there. So it's, we're just like salivating, right? Right. We just want to snowboard. We just want to snowboard. And like this whole time, that's the theme. Like we're just like, please, God, like whatever it takes, please. So finally, <clears throat> we drive up there. Uh-huh. We go into the Timberline. And I'm not never gonna forget this. I mean, to this day, I've never. I don't think I've had. I mean, if I've ever had a spiritual experience like this, it was like a legit spiritual experience. You know what okay. I'm saying? But we're driving. We're driving. You go back and forth on this like six mile road from government camp to the base of Timberline because uh-huh. there's the meadow side and the Timberline side. And the Timberline side is the side you ride in the summer because it's a glacier. It's 40 feet deep plus the snow they get in the winter. Oh my. Okay. Yeah. So you can that- burn off all the snow. And still 40 feet of snow. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So you can ride all summer. You know, and mind you, like, at this point in my life, I'm trying to go, like, pro. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a recreation for me. That's why I'm so into this. Okay. Which is the only way I ever did anything, right? Was right. always full full throttle. So. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never forget the last turn. You start to curl around these switchbacks, and it comes around, and it's just like, this, like, spirit. Like, Mount Hood has a soul. I'm not really? Kidding. I'm not kidding. It has a presence that, like, you stand in awe of it, and sh- and it's like it's like you can hear it. No shit. I'm not kidding. Yes. Yeah, and it's, I don't know if it's a fe- female or male, but I, I, I feel like it's a divine feminine. Energy. Energy, but, okay. yeah, and which might make sense, they call it, she's one of, it's one of the three sisters, like, I think it's Rainier, uh, Mount St. Helens, and Hood. Oh. Which, and now on a geographical, they're part of the Ring of Fire that goes around the Pacific. Really? Yeah. So it's like, Mind blown. you're seeing a piece of this massive, like, ge- geographic structure that, I mean, spans half the planet. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, they, they share that magma, whatever flow. Right. Pool. So I would never, I was just like, my breath was taken away, dude. I was trying not to cry in front of the bros, you know? <laughs> I'm just like, what is that? And, you know, Whitey grew up in Oregon. Yeah. And luckily, Dave grew up in LA. So that's how we lived. That's how we got, you know, because through all their contacts, it's the people that kept us alive. Right. But yeah, Whitey's like, yeah, that's Mount Hood. And I'm like, 
I'm like, I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving. I'm never leaving. And so we pull, we do a U-turn, we pull into the parking lot, turn it off. We're like, let's go ride. Yeah. And we go up, we come back, we go to turn the van on, won't start. <sighs> we end up living in that van, in that parking lot for four months. Four months? Yes. Happily. Really? The happiest I've probably been in my life. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. What did yeah. you do for like, did you shower? Well, we got jobs. We got jobs as lifties. So we got passes right away. We had food. Right. You had employee discounts on food. Okay. The girl sleeping in the car next to us <laughs> <laughs> worked at the front desk and she got us the codes to the showers. Perfect. So we could do hygiene there. That's badass. I'm telling you, bro. And then we found out. So, like, you know you know the movie The Shining? Yeah. That hotel. Not uh-huh. the inside is not accurate, but the outside is. That's Timberline. Really? That's where they shot it. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. So, it's this crazy building that was, like, built during the Depression. And they were paying people, like, outrageous wages to, like, haul these huge. Like, some of the beams, I'm not kidding, are six feet wide. Like, they're Grand Sequoias that have just been stripped. They're six feet wide Dude, and 100 Lord. feet tall. With these giant, eye, yeah, it's like a castle, bro. It's like wow. a straight-up medieval castle. Wow. And it's got all these crazy passages and stuff. And, like, so we f- we would leave rocks mm-hmm. in, like, the banquet. We'd exit. Like, we'd come down from snowboarding for the day, go through the lobby, like, find, like, a banquet room, we'll go out one of the exit doors, and, like, leave a rock in the door so it looked like it was shut, but it wasn't locked. Right. And then we'd come in at, like, midnight through that door, and then we'd, like... Uh, we went to the bar one time, uh-huh. and we were, like, using uh, lassos. Like, we made lassos out of our shoelaces to snag, like, <laughs> bottles of wine. And we're, like, pulling them up out of the cage. We fi- we figured out the code. Our, this guy this guy we picked up, Dwight, uh-huh. he used to play, uh, what was that game? The zombie game. Super popular. Back Resident then. Evil? Resident Evil. Okay. Thank you. Good job. Yeah. Read my mind. So... Resident, yeah, he used to mess with the codes all the time in that game, uh-huh. and he and we were just like we picked some random door. We had no idea what it was, and he was messing with it. Sure enough, opens this door. Okay, <laughs> oh, shit. okay, opens the door. Guess what's inside? A zombie. I'm just kidding. Yes. What? End, end of game. No. And then I woke up. No. A walk-in freezer, cooler, fridge full of food. Oh my god! Like the whole restaurant gets its food like we just open this thing up and it's just food jackpot we're just like taking whole hoagie sandwiches <laughs> like three foot hoagie sandwiches and shoving them down our legs and most people rob banks you rob a, a freezer we were like rats bro i'm <laughs> Hell yeah. telling you man so that's how literally like we survived and then eventually we got fired for being jackasses mm-hmm. we got to ride with a bunch of pros like uh, Jim Rippey, uh, Mikey LeBlanc. I got to ride with like Jamie Lynn. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I saw. I w- I watched Sean White boosting out of the pipe when he was like eight, six or eight. He was tiny, uh-huh. and he was still getting like fifteen feet out of the pipe. Holy shit! He was tiny, and he was training with like the Olympic team. Yeah. We got to train with the Olympic team. We got to we got to drink and play beer skipball with those guys. We invented a sport called beer skipball. Beer skipball. Because it gets so hot in the summer that uh-huh. you have to quit riding at about 1 or 2 p.m. Because the, the snow goes from ice to slush to water. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so about then it's not fun to ride anymore. So you basically have from two until sundown to kill. Right. Especially when you don't have anywhere to work. Yeah. You're just like, okay, well, we have all this time to kill. Let's, let's make up a game. Let's make up games. So, you know, or we would hitchhike down. Sometimes we'd hitchhike to Portland or whatever. But, uh, yeah, so, so apparently, like, last year, Aaron's up there, Whitey. Uh-huh. And that kid, some kid he doesn't know is telling him a story about some dudes that lived in the parking lot for four months, and they called us, uh, they called it Gypsy Island. Really? Yeah, it became an urban legend. You guys came an urban legend? Yes. <laughs> it became an urban legend, and he's like, oh, that's me. He's like, what? He's like, yeah, like me, my buddy Zoe, Dave, and our dog Cruiser, like, that was us. The guy was like what like he couldn't believe it he was like calling his homies yeah he fanboyed but yeah so so this whole time i was a snowboarder whitey was a snowboarder and dave was a skier he eventually transitioned over to somewhere but he was a skier Uh so we weren't we weren't riders we would only be considered riders if we were all three snowboarding yeah we were sliders ah ghetto sliders wow yeah <laughs> Get, like ghetto as you could be like totally. people in the ghetto have a place to live like we were beyond ghetto that's amazing yeah so that's so one day we were like hammered walking home from a day of writing and we're like what are we gonna call ourselves and we were like playing with words and this and that and then it was like well we don't r- just ski or, or ride we slide yeah and we're like well we're pretty ghetto and we're like ghetto sliders and that's, that was it that was how the crew got its name holy cow yep wow mm-hmm. gypsy island gypsy ghetto island slider. ghetto sliders 97 <laughs> Dude, 96 97 it's crazy and then we came back the next year <laughs> lived in the woods for four more months no shit yep you did it to yourself voluntarily again. yeah but so that first trip took six weeks and went through seven vehicles yeah, and we met tons of cool people, and I learned a ton about the world and life. Oh, totally! Like, like it, like the life in Canada is not just everywhere. It's not how the whole world is, and the life in Utah and the life in Montana. Like, the more places I went, the more things I learned about how culture is literally different from state to state, yeah. city to city, and there's no one right way. So that really opened my mind up. And so, mind you, now here's the thing. This whole time, I'm still practicing shamanism. The whole time? This whole time, but not telling anybody. Right. Because it wasn't cool. Like, it was like a tantamount to being a witch back then. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, if you were a witch, like, you could, like, you weren't going to, you're not going to get burned at the stake. But, like, as far as, like, how I made my decisions, tuning into my intuition, um, uh, listening to nature when you're out you're on a mountain yeah the the mountain has a soul the water is crystal it's liquid crystal literally is what water is and okay because snow is crystallized it's crystal right right so you're so and you're under the elements and there's like all these animals and spirits like there's a ton of power on a mountain yeah so you have this immediate connection and a lot of people are like they some people will say, well, I feel more connection to nature than I do in a church, right? right? And having, I also left the Catholic church when I was 12 on my own volition. Yeah. Even though I went to Catholic school, raised by a Catholic family. 
Yeah, me too. Right, you too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so that whole time, I was, like, listening to, like, spirits and angels and stuff like that, but not talking about it, because it wasn't cool. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Nobody did. And That's even awesome. through the ghetto side of yours. So when we met, yeah. so eventually, I met Jen. Uh-huh. So, like, this next year is when I meet Jen. Right. And I get a job at the ERO, and she's a she's working at the front desk. I'm a bellman. We meet, fall in love, break up, get back together, break up, have Zen. Yeah. And that's when Zen Zen enters the picture. I go to school for graphic design. And then I use my Pell grants to fund Ghetto Slider Clothing Company. Wow. Yeah, the leftover money from all my college tuition from my grants and my loans and shit. Yeah. So now I'm what twenty three Brand new dad, full 12 credit schedule. I went from a wild animal to a father with a 12 credit schedule. I got an internship out of 600 people. I was chosen for an internship. Wow. Yep. And yeah, and running a brand new clothing company, my first company that I had actually technically started when I was 18. But it didn't really start to gain traction until it was about 25. So it was about five years of like working at restaurants yeah, and stuff like that. And using my tips to like, I would get a credit card, buy some shirts. We'd like iron some graphics on them in, in like in the living room. Yeah. Sell them at the skate park. But when we met, it was like, this was like, this is when shit went really south. Was we found out a year later we're going to have our second son. <clears throat> And so that's when we lose him during the pregnancy. Yeah. Uh, Jen is like full-blown alcoholic. We get a divorce. So I basically lose my family. Uh-huh. I lose my job. I lose my car. And I lose my house. My jeez. Yeah. In a month's time. Month period. Life changes fast. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So just like living rock star, like from childhood, yeah, and then adulthood, just the go ass. straight through, go like burn right through the responsibility. The and here's the crazy thing: like in my mind, I thought I'd already, I thought I'd overcome. Like I was like basically sober at this point. Uh-huh. I think I maybe drank a beer a week or something, but I had uh, essentially quit smoking because I knew I was going to be a dad. I quit drinking. I quit. I quit dealing. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, that's like life went from like unreal to very real to like dark. Right. Within a year. The universe is like, you gotta grow up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like a mess. <clears throat> like, um, my homeboy Freddie let me sleep on his his floor for like seven months. Without he didn't make me pay rent. He fed me. That's awesome. Yeah. Another angel. Another, oh, look at that. Another yeah. angel, for sure. Yeah. And that was actually the first time he gave me my first crystal ever. Uh-huh. I had a, he gave me a quartz, and I would, like, hold on to it. Right. And I'd close my eyes at night, and I would feel like I was falling. Like, my life, I felt like I was falling whenever I closed my eyes. Uh-huh. And so I'd hold on to this thing, and it would make me feel like I wasn't. It anchored you? Yeah. Anchored. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, and I knew nothing about crystals yet. Right? I wasn't in. Yeah. Know, I, I only the, the only thing I knew of shamanism at the time was stuff I'd read from Carlos Castaneda's books. Yes. 
And I love Carl. Oh, dude. Yeah, I mean, moving and practical and pragmatic and, you know, yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. Well-worded. Don Juan speaks like, you know. You gave me a Don Juan book. I still have it. Did I? Yes. Dang. I did, didn't I? Yep. Did I give you Tales of Power? The one with the butterfly on the front? No, the it's the one with the mask on the front, I think. Oh. I can't remember what that one was I called. I can't remember either. I still have it. It was in my, like, collection at the time, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a part of my life that I lived without anybody ever knowing. Was my shamanic. Because, like, especially because of, like, being raised in a hardcore religion, a religious family where it was, like, it was all about where your religion was your identity. It made you better than other people. That's what we were taught. Right. Don't talk to other people if they're not Catholic, whatever. So, like, I was, like, I almost believed that any belief system was shameful. Yeah. And that, so, and then on top of that to, like, what did I know, right? As uh-huh. a kid, who am I to give anybody advice? Right. So, yeah, I, I very much was a closet, closet wannabe shaman. I was just, I wasn't, I wasn't teaching, but I was studying, practicing. Yeah. And from there, I got into astrology, and then I started studying Reiki, and then I started studying, um... Well, I get into these other deeper ones later. So, but before that happens, um, I get a call from my homeboy. We call him Diddy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hey, man, like we know you're in a tough spot. We have some extra money. We want to help you with get your clothing company off the ground. Yeah. And this is like after a seven-month deep, dark depression. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. Uh, our, other, our other partner, Leland, he's like, this trust fund kid, he literally inherited a million dollars when he was 18 years old. Wow. Yeah, so him, Diddy, we get a lawyer, we write up our papers, and boom, we spend like $60,000 decorating the warehouse and buying equipment and buying clothes. Wow. Yeah. And I just finished school. Yeah. So all my graphic design experience starts going into the business, and then I start teaching myself how to use the machines. Mm-hmm. And so I have to teach myself how to use the screen printer, the vinyl cutter, the embroiderer, and how to build websites. I teach myself that, and then I teach everybody else that. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I remember you taught me that. Yeah. I worked for you for a while. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Damn. But yeah, so we met, but we met more like when Zen was more like two. I think he was about, I think that about, Yeah. Yeah, he was super young. He was still young. We hadn't had Dominic yet. Okay. No, yeah, you were you were still with Jen when I met you. Yeah, so that was Heber. You, okay. You, you were living at the apartments off of Forty Fifth, I think. Thirty, yeah, Thirty Fifth or Thirty Fifth. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember going there, and that's we where were having meetings. Yeah. Remember, we were having all kinds of meetings there. We were doing. Uh, we went to the. Uh, Midnight Drags. Yes. Performing there and stuff. Yes. We created Tarzan Forest Pirates. We did. (laughs) Of course, organically. (laughs) Well, and and so for people who don't understand, well, how do you go from snowboarding to the RMR, right? The the races. Well, it was one day, I was like, well, why should we be, why, why can't we slide... When we can slide from one sport to another, why can't we slide to another culture or whatever? For sure. And I'm like, we don't have nothing to do in the summer. You know, and, and so I was like, well, let's get a skate team. Let's get the sponsor some B-Boys. Yeah. Let's sponsor a racing team. Remember that? We had a, we had a street team. Yep. Um, let's get some hot girls. 
right? Let's like get some hot girls. You know, just like keep the party going or yeah. whatever. Yeah. So I think. Okay, so yeah, I, I think there's that air, that time. Maybe it was like I was happy then and I blocked it out. <laughs> but there was that time period between Jen and I actually being like, okay, we're going to be parents and we need to like clean up our lives. Yeah. And focus on that. And then, and like the fall. Yeah. And then things really coming apart. So I would say we, I was probably about 24. So at this time it's like, what, 05? Something like that, yeah. yeah. I think like 05, 06 is about the time you, me, Critter, like the whole B-Boy scene. Right. That shit was awesome. That was amazing. Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor, who I still talk to. Really? Yeah. He's in Washington. No shit. Yeah, on some 40-acre plot of land in the middle of nowhere, I think. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Crap! I forgot about. You know what I'm I forget about these people. Dude. Well, we ha- we were involved with so many people. Like, I still talk to Marker. Really? Yeah, I like. Ha- yeah. So here, <clears throat> that's funny because Haven and Ghetto Slayer were like the two only local clothing companies, really, that were right. doing anything. And we weren't like competition, but I mean, on paper, we were. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I literally consult for him now. Like he pays no me shit. to help him with his design and his web stuff. Yeah. That's fucking dope. It's crazy after all this time. Then you gotta remember like uh, Taryn and Taryn, yep. I... Paul, Paul yeah. Scott, and yeah. then Dusty. All the people like because like also what's happening like all my friends from school from college were like converging with all the b boys and like all the snowboarders, the skaters. Yeah, like, it was just one. Big... Justin, the red hair kid. Yeah, that could break. Yeah, Burks. Yep. Burks enters the scene. Tasha, the 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 so the the woman slash girl, I think of her as a girl because I met her when she was like fifteen. Yeah. But like, I'm working for her right now up in Washington, helping her get her crystal shop off the ground. Oh my god. She used to like make stickers for me. This is crazy. I know, dude. It never. I'm telling you that like this intri- is crazy. It never ends. Like this chain of events. Just this that one. If you really think about it, it was all because I got in that van. Yeah. Oh, yeah. None of that would have happened. No. You that, might be dead. That showed probably. I probably, in another universe, in the alternate dimension, I turned around and got hit by a free bus. Because <laughs> the buses are free. I want to make that clear in Park City. Not just some paid bus. A free bus. Mm-hmm. Shitty wow. way to die. All because of that one decision, man. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you've been into shamanism since you were young. 16. I, I only knew that you got into shamanism like after Ghetto Slider was like kind of out of the picture. Yeah. You had, and well, I think you, I don't know what your whole story is, but I know we were working in that warehouse and you weren't really doing Ghetto Slider. You're just kind of making clothing brands for like, uh, uh, what's that company? Dude, Backcountry.com. Backcountry, yeah. Burton. Burton, yeah. You're Toyota. Making- yeah, we ended up, so... So the word got out that like some kids that had, I don't know, some level of talent, I guess. I don't know. They, they didn't understand that we were still just wolves. Like we were just monkeys. Right. You know, tinkering <laughs> with toys. But but we sold it, we sold it really well, right? We yeah. branded it, packaged it really well. Everybody loved it. Yeah. Everybody loved it. To this day, people still send, to this day, I get photos of people with stickers and shirts still. Dude, I still have my ghetto slider right? shit. Dude, like yeah. forever, right? Boom. <laughs> right? That's amazing. So, and it's like, there's that, that's called love branding, by the way. 
It's like it's beyond some value of product. It's not a dollar sign. It's like Campbell's soup. Right. It's part of your childhood. Yeah. Cheerios was part of, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, like Christmas. Totally. The smell of Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's an experience. So like ghetto cider became went beyond a product and it became yeah. a, an experience for people. Yeah. And it gave an experience to people that didn't felt feel heard or, or wanted because if you think about it, snowboarding wasn't even allowed in 96. We weren't even allowed on all hills yet. It was right. still like this segregation bullshit. Um, skating wasn't cool. Bebo, all of the elements of hip hop were considered crimes. Right. Even though graffiti was the only actual crime, but like, we were literally just an amalgamation of a fringe society yeah. working together. And we like, and Ghetto Sutter was the, like, because if you think <clears throat> Nike could ever come and do that, it's like, it took them 20 years to do what we did in like a summer. Yeah. <laughs> to like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trillions of dollars. It's like, but no, we were, because we, we made it past all the gatekeepers of each culture. Yeah. Like surfers were calling us and being like, hey, can I ride for you? Pros were like, yeah, this is a paid deal, but your shit is real, so we're going to come ride for you. Yeah. Like, it was it's crazy. Authentic, yeah. It was crazy. And I'm like this kid who was raised by wolves who has no idea what he's doing, who's acting like he knows what he's doing. Damn. Yeah, that whole time. And so this is so this is where things go south. So super popular, making money, I think... By was it oh eight? The company got valued at half a million dollars. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. Four hundred four hundred forty thousand. But you know, around who's who's yeah. counting? Yeah, we had a company appraise the company, and they told us it was worth like almost half. And I mean, I was born from nothing, right? Yeah, I built this, and I built this business with you know <clears throat> with credit cards and shit. So I'm like, okay, cool, and I'm feeling like pretty high on my horse. And that's when things went south. I I got arrogant. Yeah, I got arrogant. I got sloppy. I let all the tension go to my head and I had been largely clean for about three or four years. And then we started doing events uh -huh. and then I started drinking, um, almost weekly. And then I was getting hangovers and, and I'm like having to do these big $30,000 deals yeah. on Thursday morning Ugh. and I'm hammered from the day before. So, and then I get a hangover. So what do I do? I lean on my homeboy and he's like, Hey, I've got some oxy. So I start doing Oxycontin at work uh, just to get through my days. Yeah. And within a month or two, I'm now hooked on Oxy. Shit. Yeah. And then the mark, the, and then the housing market crashes in 08, 09. Yep. We lose 97% of our clientele. Oh my God. We're, yep. They cut all their budgets because <clears throat> they're like just trying to keep their employees alive. They're not spending money on shirts and merch. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. Oh yeah. To your point, yeah. So they heard that these guys had, we had some talent. So, you know, we were making ghetto cider clothing, but it wasn't making enough to keep the lights on. So we were doing that contract work right. on the side. And yeah. the contract work was where we were making, you know, sometimes 40 grand, 50 grand a month or something. Yeah. And so, you know, I go out, I think I'm high as a kite one time and I go buy a truck. Uh -huh. I like literally went out for a gyro and I came back with a truck, that black <laughs> truck. I remember that. That black truck, I bought it high as a kite. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea what I paid for it. I don't have no idea what the interest rate was. <laughs> I just bought it. Yeah. And then and then I met a girl. Um, and she was also doing it. Uh-huh. And that was the the end of the end. Like 
Rock bottom. Basically, well, and we had eight thousand dollars in um, eight thousand dollars in uh, overhead every month. Yeah. So even if we had made nine grand, we'd have a thousand left over. Yeah. Yeah. So we were just like, now I'm just like on this hamster wheel. Yeah. And I'm literally losing my hair. You know, <sighs> we were running the we're running the presses. There's two one thousand degree ovens with no AC. Um, we're getting like hundreds. Of, we went from hundreds of jobs a month to zero. And the, the bills start stacking up, piling up, and I just, like, give up. And wow. I'll, I'll rem- I can remember the time I was sitting there. I was sitting there with my feet up on the desk, those glass tables in the front. Uh-huh. And everybody had gone home for the night, and they had turned out all the lights. And I just leaned over, and I turned the light off in the room I'm sitting in. And I could just see, like, the street lights, you know? Uh-huh. And I said involuntarily, I go, you've lost your soul. <sighs> and I was like... The craziest part was I didn't even feel it. Like I wasn't sad. Really? I was like so empty that it was just like, yep. Like the response from my soul was like, yeah. You've lost it? Yeah. Just no emotion? No. Wow. Yeah. And I'd largely negated my spirituality through the last few years because I was so focused on the attention, the girls, the money, Mm -hmm. hanging out with pros constantly trying to get the company bigger like so far into ego that like even like my friends didn't matter at this point it just yeah. like, it was just like i gotta get to this point i gotta get to this next level i gotta sell the company or we gotta become the next dc or whatever it is you know yeah so yeah like hard hard into like not even apologetic like hardcore like the like a capricorn but the, the dark side the dark yeah yeah Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And then by this time, I'm like 28. Yeah. I'm still a kid. Right. Yeah. God, that was that long ago? Mm-hmm. Fuck, we're old. We're old, bro. My God. Yeah, because you got to think that's 14 years ago. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, I, I did it for like a summer for a couple months where I was helping you screen print and like... I don't remember. I was high okay. or drunk. <laughs> well, whatever. But I love you. And I know you were there for me. I was there. <laughs> me and you Chad. cared. Me and Chad. And Chad, no, you guys showed up big time. Yeah. Yeah, we were there and we were we were helping screen print and do the sticker thing and whatever. I think we did like fifteen hundred freaking X ninety six stickers or something oh, like that. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Never again. Never again. But after that them. I still see them in my nightmares. Yeah, right. Close my eyes. I see stick people. Fucking all the time. <laughs> But yeah, so I just remember we, I, I came and worked for you because I got laid off at my job. I'm like, oh, I just need a couple extra dollars. And you're like, yeah, come work for me. I'm like, all right. Did that for a little bit. Then I found a job and I was started doing that. And then I knew, knew that you like, I didn't know all of that. I just saw my, from my perception, it's like, oh, he's just switching gears. You know what I mean? And then you went off the radar for uh-huh. a while and I mean, I would see you on Facebook or um, whatnot, but then I, I'm like, oh, he's now you're getting into shamanism. That's when I thought you did. Yeah. And you started like, didn't were you teaching workshops? That was like, so that that was like a three year period. Yeah. That you just mentioned. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I was a high functioning addict. That's why nobody knew. Ever. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So just like I hid shamanism, I, I hid my addiction too. Yeah. Yeah. Because Capricorn. That's what do we do best? We fucking put our emotions in a box and we shove it under a table and nobody knows it's they exist true. and we just operate like these robots. That's dude. what Andrea is, man. She'll it's, do that. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. And you go onto these Capricorn pages on Facebook and they brag about our unhealthy behavior. And I'm constantly like, guys, this is not an evolved version of ourselves. Like, stop posting memes that are glorifying the worst traits. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I can cut anybody off. Ugh. And I'm like, that's toxic. Like, that right. is a cowardly... Like, you do not have... This is me talking to me, right? Yeah. The, this version of me talking to myself. You do not... You have not developed the skills to communicate. You are not being strong because you're not being vulnerable. Yeah. You're being emotionally closed off, and then you're bragging about it because you're a douchebag. Right. Right? There's nothing woke about cutting people out of your life without... Because even if they are toxic, have the courage to have the conversation to be like, hey, this isn't working for me. Totally. And when you are ready to be healthy, I'll be here for you. Yeah. That's closure. Yeah. Right? The like the version like the def one of the best definitions I ever heard about car of karma uh -huh. is that it's not good or bad energy, whatever. Not that that doesn't exist, but like the truest form of karma is unfinished business. Yes. Yeah. So this like ghosting is actually like creating more karma. Right. Yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, I'm not emotionally ready. Because it's going to come full circle on you. Or it's never going to leave you. Yeah. Yeah. You got to cut that uh, cycle out. Right. Yeah. We got to man up, woman up. Yeah. Whoever up, whatever your pronoun is. Them up. You got to have soul up and, and just be like, hey, this is going to be a really tough conversation. Wow. So, yeah, I just stopped encouraging that in myself. I stopped encouraging it in other Capricorns. Like, I stopped. I mean, that was a big... That three years you're talking about was huge for me because yeah. about this time is when we moved the press into the, what is it, De uh, Chad's neighbor's garage. Right. And I, oh yeah, and I'm suicidal at this point. Really? Yeah, nobody knew. Oh I had completely God. planned it out, actually. Really? Yeah. What did that look like? If yeah, um... So I decided, I was like, well, okay. I was like, I can't leave my family with the debt. So I start calling people. I start calling insurance agencies to be like, but do you guys pay out life insurance in uh, uh, cases of suicide? And they're like, well, not for two years. Wow. And I'm like, okay. So like, that kind of doesn't change my plans, but I'm like, okay, well, I guess nobody's getting any money. Yeah. And so I, I basically, so I don't know if you remember, I bought that 10 gate, that 12 gate shotgun at one point to, I bought a shotgun to protect the shop because we had homeless people coming in the shop. Okay. So I had decided that I was going to line a dumpster with a tarp and I was going to make a note and put it on the outside and be like, if you find this, call the corner. And like, that was, that was my, wow. I was going to keep it. I was going to make it so nobody had to clean me up. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah. And so dark. how did you, how did you dig your way out of that? Or, I mean, did you, like, what stopped you? Is, I guess the better question. I think on the, uh, on the couple of nights and he, what's really crazy is somebody kept moving my gun. Really? That was the weirdest thing. But there was nobody at the warehouse. Like I would go to look for it and it would be not there. And then I'd be like, hey, I'd be like, hey, like we can't be missing your shotgun. Like, 
guys, where is it? And like we would find it somewhere in the in the warehouse. Wow. Yeah. So it was weird. It was weird. So there was like a sign, kind of, right? Yeah. But it was like it, it came to this point where, um, yeah, when I would go to really get serious to do it, uh-huh. I would be put into this other. It was like almost like I got pulled out of my body. Yeah. And like I was shown that like I was at my own funeral uh-huh. and my kid was there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're all right, man. Go. Yeah. At some dark times, man. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. is. Uh... My kid was there. My mom was there. Yeah. And they're just like. Just. Perplexed. Yeah. They're just like, what? Like, yeah. They're like, what could have possibly brought him to this point? And then you visioning that, did that kind of like... It stopped me. Stopped you and made you maybe switch gears? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. In fact, I actually got in my... I actually felt I got into a deeper depression about it because I was like, well... Now I'm stuck here. Yeah. Like on earth. Damn. I was like, fuck, I can't even kill myself. I'm like, I just have to like live through this. The mm. only way out is through. It's through it. Yeah. So. Wow. So I was like, what am I missing? Um, it was like, uh, spirituality. I just like, I had put it all away because I, I had created this belief that it was taking the time away from my success. Yeah. So just like Capricorns can put their emotions in a box, like I had put my soul in in a box. That's what that was about. And I had like purposely, I hadn't gradually lost it. I purposely put it down because I thought it was going to get in my way. Wow. Yeah. Some crazy belief. I don't even know where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I was kind of, like, I went from very guided through the ghetto slider years uh-huh. of the of the sliding years and then yeah. into the business years. It was, there was no guidance. So this is kind of force. Yeah, it was all flow. ego. Yeah. Yeah, it was all force, not flow, like you said. It was all ego. Yeah, and which would lend itself to a lesson I'd learned later, like, over and over again, um, which at some point I, I realized that, E times A equals C. Energy times action equals creation. Okay. The energy I was putting into my business was creating the downfall of it. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No matter how much money, how much equipment, how much popularity, how many clients, how many hundreds of fucking hours. Yeah. Blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice did not matter because the energy was wrong. Energy is everything. It is the core. It is the it's the beginning. It's the genesis. Yeah, yeah. like everything's a thought first, right? In a night, and then it's a man- manifestation second. Right. It's a thought first, and then it's a painting, or it's a drawing, or it's a schematic of a rocket ship, or it's the declaration of independence, or right. It's a marriage certificate. Like everything is a thought first, energy first, emotion, motivation, intention. Mm-hmm. If you really want to boil it down, it's intent. Right. And my intention was all selfish. It was very selfish. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was not, I was not out to help anybody. I was out there just to overcome and conquer. Yeah. So, so that was a lesson that I'd learned over and over and over again, actually. When I'd look back and be like, oh, this is the energy that dismantled my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the energy that destroyed this relationship, that relationship, that the cutting people off. It's not a loving energy. That's no. fear. Yeah. Right? Like Gandhi said, there's only love and fear, right? Mm-hmm. And under love and fear are a, a myriad of frequencies of energy that are like courage, cowardice, you know, mm-hmm. you know, love, fear, um, feeling connected versus apathy, um, compassion, peace, joy versus, you know, detachment, um, chaos, anger, and the list goes on. Like there's, there's literally a, like a list of energies that fall under love and fear and they're, and and they can be considered the antithesis of each other. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that some people don't. Some people believe they're just a gradient of the same energy. Right. But yeah, it just occurred to me one day that like, yeah, like the energy I was putting into everything was, was what was destroying it. Yeah. And so I picked up my books again. I started, I got back into shamanism. I started reading Wayne, listening to all of everything Wayne Dyer ever said, everything Louise Hay ever said, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, Eckhart Tolle, uh, like you name it. And so I mentioned Chad's, um, I mentioned Chad's neighbor because I was getting clean at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta get off alcohol and oxy. Right. So I quit cold turkey. Oh wow. Yeah, with no, no therapist, no program, no sponsor. Um, just pure willpower. I just quit. Yeah. Was how hard was that? Yeah. <laughs> It was gross. I bet. Uh-huh. Your body detoxing and... Oh, I was sure I was going to die. Like, But I was like, well, I'm either going to die or I'm going to die. Those were the two choices. I'm either going to kill myself or I'm going to die, die like honorably. Yeah. Those were my two choices. And, yeah, I was just like puking and shitting. And Jesus Because it's, you know, it's an opiate. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you, and all, you, all you think about is, oh, well, all I have to do is literally walk out the door... I can call one person and they could be here with whatever I need, a pill, yeah. or I can walk out the door and buy a beer or whatever. It's totally accessible uh-huh. all around. Oh, man. But, like, you know, you just, for me, I just kept telling myself it was temporary. I was like, you know, this can't last forever. And, you know. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. That is, that's super interesting. I, I actually... I guess piggybacking off that I've been super I mean I've always been in the animal totem thing but lately for the last couple of weeks I've just been listening about and reading about animal totems yes mine's a wolf and it says that same thing so you got that wolf energy too what's that um, basically states that they can persevere through even the hardest of times and oh. not show anything because they know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So they just will push through the most extreme conditions because they know that's gonna it's gonna be lighter at the end of the day. And it that one, that particular uh, 
I guess, paragraph that I read really stuck with me. So honestly, your whole, I mean, you've even mentioned throughout this podcast, you were raised by wolves. Right. That's so, funny. I mean, cause I think of Mowgli. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to connect that synchronicity there. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. That's intuition. It's crazy. Huh. Thanks for that, man. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. But that is, that is a super deep, dark story. It is, man. Like, well, a lot of people have no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. No, I, mean, I know. We're like good friends. Yeah. Like, I mean, we've I, always been good friends. We haven't hung out a lot in the last <laughs> few what years, but we've always been good friends. And, like, I didn't want anybody to know. Yeah. You know? It didn't serve any sort of particular good for me. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's the other thing. If you want to go off the wolf energy, you will rely on your pack. Hmm. If you ever get in that deep dark space, man, I'm I'm a listening ear, and it's not any burden to me, man. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. Thanks, man. Yeah, because you're a very unique soul, and I always really enjoy your presence and talking with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. We always have these deep conversations or these crazy stories. <laughs> <laughs> honestly. That's honestly. A, wow. I, did, I didn't know any of this, uh-uh. folks. None of this. And I've known you for 15, 20 years. Yeah. Coming on 20. My God. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and that was like... and Oh, here's where it gets better. So this is also the first time I've ever... I had ever been attacked by spirits. Really? Yeah. Go on. So just when it couldn't get any more difficult, I was having in the middle of the night, I could hear something like walking above me in the ceiling. Like I could oh. literally hear footsteps and like crushing the... Um, Dude, what, you're giving me You know what I'm bumps. saying? You know what I'm saying? What's yeah. that called? The, uh, the, the insulation? The insulation. You know how it does yeah. paper on the outside? Right. Yeah. But not little rat steps, like, like big footsteps, oh like Where walking. Where was this at? This was, at this point, I think I was sleeping, well, I did, I, well, at one point I was sleeping in the back of Uprock. Yeah. In that hundred year old, hundred year old haunted building. But before that I was sleeping at my buddy Sterling's. Dude, is that building haunted? Oh yeah. Dude, I had a, super haunted. I had a wild dream about that building. (laughs) What is it? (laughs) Sorry. No. Sidetrack. Sidetrack, bro. But I, uh. So in my dream, I went to Uprock, and I went to that back desk. Remember where the they had the dance floor, and then they had that uh, the desk where they sold all the spray paint cans. Uh, yeah. So I walked over there, and uh, what's his name behind the counter? Chase. Chase. Yeah. He's like, "What do you need, man?" I'm like I don't know, and he's like, looks over to his right, and I look over. And the fucking door, the wall just opens into a door, and it's this long hallway, like never-ending hallway, brick hallway. It was medieval, right? Yeah. There's torches on the side or whatever. And each, like every 10 feet, there's a column. Yeah. And it's almost like a, uh, what do you call it, a confession booth? Uh, yeah. I and, remember those. Yeah. Yeah. So I start walking down this hallway. He's like, just go down there. And he's like, 
look for he gave me initials uh-huh. and I don't remember the initials it was like DM or something like that he's like look for DM and I walk down this hallway and do you remember the movie 13 Ghosts uh-huh. you remember the uh, one with the cage on his the jackal oh yeah he had a cage on his head his freaky looking ghost anyways I start walking down and the hallway just keeps going you yeah know what I mean it gets longer every time I walk down. And all of a sudden, I just see, coming out of the dark, this the jackal right. running at me. Whoa. So I start running back. And the door is getting further away Whoa. from where I went. So I just dove into one of those confession booths. And the jackal ran past me. And then all this, and I closed my eyes really tight. And then I opened them. And then all of a sudden, I'm in this giant grass field. And it's like thunder clouds outside and shit and I have this giant sword and I walk up this grassy knoll hill <laughs> I get down on my knees and I said please God give me the power to defeat the initials DM or I can't remember what it was yeah. and then I woke up Whoa. so it's interesting that that building was haunted and I had a haunted dream oh that bro building. go on no he's a I think he's a janitor that really? was like the yeah. That was the impression I got, his, and I thought his name was John. Like I got a full, I had like a full blown communication with that spirit in there. Damn, that's yeah. crazy. And I slept in there. I slept there for like six months. I and, like lived in the back of rock. And that's where you heard the footsteps. No, like, no, no, no. So this okay. no. So I was staying. At, I was at my homeboy Sterling's. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's and right. then and then the other time I heard footsteps coming down like the, the door of the room I was staying in. Was it was like footsteps went or the the steps of the house went to the basement and then, um, the see that was the thing I wasn't even in the top floor. Whoa. Yeah. So it was like crushing the insulation between the That's floors. Yeah. Creepy. It was in the ceiling, right in the basement. Yeah. Oh. So so then so so at the end of the the bottom of these stairs, it would either go right to a boiler room or left to my room. Yeah. And I heard this. Oh, God. And then I could hear the tumblers of the doorknob. Clink, 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 oh. clink. Yeah, but I couldn't see it. I could hear it. And so I'm Dude. thinking, I'm thinking, why are they coming after me? Yeah. I'm like, who am I? I'm just some schmuck. I'm right. just some, like, washed up, almost clothing company owner guy. Like, why are demons or dark spirits coming for me? What what are they? What could they want, and what could they gain? Yeah. And then I remember this thing Freddie taught me, and he and it was like anytime you experience a spirit, he's like, don't be afraid because they feed off of that. Yeah. He's like, send it love. Okay. Yeah. He's like, open up your heart chakra. You like put up your hand, and like smile. And either smile or like laugh at them or whatever, but just like send them joy, and it's just like sunlight. Really. Yeah, they can't handle it. Right, because it's not their world. They come from darkness. Like they thrive in that's their comfort zone. Yeah. So like they're not used to experiencing love, especially co- unconditional love. So like I I like go into this like stage mode, right? <laughs> I like, go into stage mode and like because I'm shaking. I'm not kidding. Like oh, I'm, like, I would be shaking. I'm like, I'm like, what am I about to fight? Yeah. And that thing that Freddie taught me was clicked in. I was like, oh yeah, that's not the energy that. I need to engage this with. Yeah. I literally sit up and I put my hand up and I'm just like, just, and it goes away. 
Wow. And it was the last time that I was ever visited. Really? Yep. Holy crap. Yep. And so this really got me kind of going because, well, A, I was just like, man, assholes. Like, they come for you when you're at your weakest. Yeah. I was already weak. Rock bottom. I was already, like, sick, dying, and, <clears throat> you know, I just lost my company after I just lost my family five years prior. Yeah. Like, I built my whole life up again and lost it again. Ugh. And I'm like, that was one of the times I, where I really didn't want to, that's why I really want to take my life, because I didn't want to do it again. Yeah. So I could lose it again. Right. It just, like, I was like, oh, I'm in some loop. But yeah, so so luckily I was like delving back into spiritualism and back into you know and into philosophy and I, and honestly the most helpful thing was seriously was Louise Hay, the most serious like the most helpful information was just listening to Louise Hay every night because she just does positive affirmations. Okay. And it would keep my mind from like collapsing in on itself. Yeah. It gave me something positive to focus on and she's a very pleasant voice mm -hmm. she speaks very plainly she's not talking about you know like i teach sacred geometry it's extremely complex yeah you know shamanism is very it's amazing but it's very um abstract uh -huh. um you know astrology you need to it's like a bible it's a ton of information but right. like, she's just like you know your mind does this if you don't do this it's like very simple nice. and like that was like okay i don't have to do seven million things to change my life i just have to focus on this one thing for 30 days yeah and that's what i started out doing hyper focus on this one thing. on one thing that could really change me and that was my internal dialogue was bad mm -hmm. my internal dialogue was so negative i was just talking about everything i'd screwed up like all these opportunities though you had the world in your hand and you fucked it up and you lost this girl and you lost your family and just, you know, looping in these terrible um, inner dialogues. So I just realized that was it. And, and I could still make other people laugh during yeah. the day. Oh, totally. Nobody knew. Yeah. Right? But when my head hit the pillow, that was not the story. You know, it was just demons and darkness. So I was like, okay, this is not working. So I start reprogramming myself. That's literally what I had to do. I was like, your subconscious mind, though, from whatever trauma that you don't know about, it's not working. So reprogramming yourself. So I start listening and I start catching myself during the day and I stop saying things like, oh shit, like when I mess up. Yeah. And I start being like, okay, like here's an opportunity to learn. And I start curving my energy away from the things that, this, that, are, that are a detriment to me. Yeah. And, I, and instead of, I start looking at problems as, as opportunities to learn instead of like punishment. Yeah. And so I s slowly start to get my mind away from that space and into a more positive space and, and even further into the like possibility space. Right. And into the, well, what else, well, what else can I do? And I start feeling empowered. And then, and I literally start digging myself out of a hole just by just by doing getting into positive affirmations yeah so about 90 days i think passes and i've learned that as beautiful as the mind is like anything can be medicine and anything can be poison yeah totally you know like drugs can be poisonous or they can help you they can heal you 
Um, a car can save your life or it can kill you. Mm-hmm. You know, a gun can save your life or it can kill you. Your mind can save your life or it can kill you. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and and the thing the thing that's that's a parallel, the thing that connects all those is is education. Is that without education, all those things are dangerous. Right. And once you teach yourself how to handle those things, because it's it's not because they're bad, it's because they're powerful. Yeah. They all have power to them. And once you learn that and respect that, then you you can wield them without them destroying you. So I, I found I, I've actually learned that emotions are actually harder to wield even than the mind. Oh totally. I found that the mind it seems impossible to control, but it's 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 easier to control than emotions. Yeah. Right? Because you can just talk to your mind. Yeah. Your emotions just have free will. Like you could be like, oh look my favorite show's on and yeah. your mind's good to go. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You get it. Yeah. So so then I start like kind of mapping myself out. I start learning my own components. And one of the things that I start doing is like, oh, well, my mind is not stable. Like it will focus on something negative and then go on to the next negative thing and the next one. Or it'll focus on something positive for X amount of time. Right. I was like, so how do you, how do you overcome that? You start writing. Okay. Yeah. So this is where journaling enters my life. And I start writing down the things I don't like about myself. I start writing down the things I don't like about the world. I don't, things I don't like about my past. Things I don't like about anything. Uh-huh. And I just start transmuting them. I start writing positive affirmations underneath them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Because now I'm not running from myself. Yeah. I'm literally finding, I'm, I'm hunting now. You're doing shadow work. I'm doing shadow work. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. No coach, no counselor, no therapist. No buddies, no friends, just like straight shadow work, like in a basement. It's Capricorn way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go on. Why would with what? What other way is it? Well, it's just funny, like because I live with a Capricorn. Like Andre is a Capricorn. So you so. know, you understand the behavior oh. deeply, and you guys have been together for how long? Oh, eleven years. That's awesome. So it is. It's super interesting to see the resemblance, like the the same characteristics yeah. even though you guys are two completely different people sure but you share that same characteristic as a capricorn patterns are patterns and capricorns are super super critical on themselves yeah so that is i am constantly telling her i'm like you gotta just chill uh-huh stop being so critical because i'm a leo Right. We're just like, ah, yeah, you know, like <laughs> everything's grand. Everything's grand. <laughs> unless you piss me off. Yeah. But <laughs> unless you set unless you throw gas on my fire. Yeah. But yeah. But so, you know, and you would like would you like a bit of advice on how to coach her out of that? Yes. Okay. So anytime she gets into that, uh-huh. wait for her to stop. Mm-hmm. You just keep smiling. And just, you know, from a space of love, not criticism, right? Just be like, Great, that's one way to look at it. So she's being validated. Yeah, she's yeah. being validated, but now she's seeing possibilities. Because <clears throat> depression is the the lack of existence of possibilities. Yeah. And anxiety is too many. Right. Yeah. So that's why with wow. anxiety, you need to learn to focus. And with depression, you need to have hope. I so, love that. Yeah. So when it comes to depression, that's what I learned. It's like depression is 
and, and I and I don't mean the the emotion. I mean the clinical, the the clinical like it is a a chemical imbalance. It's it's a biological issue first, and an emotional mental issue second. Yeah. Right. So when that kicks in, when depression kicks in, it's like there's no future, there's no past, there's no hope. Why should I try? Don't even get out of bed. Right. So it's just like wall, 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 wall. No exit. Yeah. Great. That's one way to look at it. I absolutely validate how you're feeling, what you're seeing right now. And, and that's a powerful word I've learned. Yet and. Yet and and. Yeah. You're not where you want to be yet. Interesting. Yeah. You may not be where, you, you may not have the answer yet. You haven't met the person yet. You haven't found the formula yet. Right. But you have to keep moving forward to get to the yet. I like that. And the crazy power of and is, yes, you can be right. Capricorns love that. We love being right. Oh, totally. And there's about a million possibilities that we're not looking at yet. Wow. Yeah. That is a, that's a good tool. Telling you. <laughs> telling you. That's a good... Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I get buried just like anybody else. Like, I might have... You know, this is 14 years later. This is 14 years ago I'm talking about this moment right now that we're talking about. Uh-huh. This was 14 years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's Jesus. like... Jesus. And then, you know, when I was... And then I met, like, this girl. Yeah. Whitney. Yeah. And then, and then, like, it felt like my life was getting better. And I, like, met this really attractive, funny human that got me. And I got her. She was, like, fresh out of house arrest... Yeah. And I was like fresh off a of suicide watch and we were like trauma bonding. Um, but we had like really a very magical relationship. We really met her. We met each other in the darkest times of our lives. Yeah. And she was five years off of heroin. She'd been on heroin for five years and she just got oh, clean really? as well. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I kind of at this point kind of started to hang up my hat. And just be like, yo, every business, everything I touch is like going to go south, you know, like, but like, but I'm happy is what I meant. It's like, I'm happy with the, with the results I have. Yes. Okay. I got out of the dark spot. I'm with this really cool person. I'm down to just get a job and stop chasing my dreams. Like (laughs) don't touch anything. Yeah. Like when you get clean, don't make a mess for like 30 days. You'd be really surprised how, how powerful that is. How much how much peace you can get. It's yeah. hard because you're not used to it. Uh-huh. Being an addict is, is just a constant uh, engagement in chaos and avoidance. Wow. Yeah. Chaos and avoidance. Just constant. Avoiding reality. Avoiding the truth, which is where all the line comes from. Uh-huh. Avoiding consequences. Avoiding responsibility. Avoiding your inner voices. Avoiding your your emotions. Avoiding your spirit, your soul. Yeah. That's all addiction is, is a constant state of avoidance. God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at people with their phones. Yeah. I mean, they're avoiding, right? People, you know, addicted to food, addicted to relationships, whatever. So, yeah, learning. So, learning those really key components, like, A, your mind is great, but it can turn on you. you got to write stuff down. Like E times E times A equals C, the intention that we do things with, you know, uh-huh. um, a clean body is a more connected body as far as I'm concerned. Totally. The, the cleaner I am, the more connected to spirit, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even though chemicals and, and even medicine plants can give you that experience 
really strongly, it's temporary. Yeah. Right? It's just an experience, right? It's an experience, and it's a tool. And, you know, like, medicine journeys are very powerful, which is why 12 years later, after being sober, I do them now. Mm -hmm. But I had to earn that. Yeah. You know? Like, I had to give myself X amount of time to prove that I wasn't going to get taken over by these things. So... Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, retirement mode, move to Pleasant Grove. Um, nobody talked to me, and this is the th- that's where you're saying I fell off the radar. Yeah. It was because I had already tried to accomplish my dreams, and I failed miserably, and I'll take it. Like, I'll take what I can get right now, and yeah. I just learned to be happy with life. I, I would have done the same damn thing. Right? I would I like mean, to think I would have done I mean, in a 10-year span, your life has been nuked twice. <laughs> <laughs> You got nuked 17 times over going to fucking California. I'm telling you, bro, from age zero up, like, I'm just glad I'm alive at this point. Really. I'm really living in a very blissful state at this point. Yeah. I I get a job at some, like, some supplement company making websites. Right. Like, I'm just a cog in the machine. Yeah. And I'm like, cool. Like, you're going to be Melvin with staplers out. Like, shit. Put your dreams... (laughs) And your aspirations away. Nobody cares, you know. Yeah. Like, but you're happy. You're happy. Cool. And I am staying up on my spirituality, and I'm not telling my girlfriend about it. Okay. Okay. So now I'm now I'm I'm clean. I did I did drink a couple times during the holidays, but that was it. I would okay. be like Halloween, and then I wouldn't drink until New Year's, and then I wouldn't drink until Fourth of July. Right. So I have a real control on it for sure. That and then and then eventually I went completely totally sober January uh, 14th of 2011 okay yeah Um, so oh yeah so I sold my I sold my screen printing machine to this guy Uh Jeff he tells me about about this place where like we get, we we stumble into a couple conversations about shamanism and existential existentialism, right? And he's like, "Huh?" He's like, "You're not one of those normal people, are you?" And I'm like, "Ah, I'm like scared." He's like, "No, he knows my secret." Oh, not normal. Oh my god, I have a story that I have to rewind to as, as well. Um, but he's like, "How would you like to come to a building full of people like us that just..." think in terms of like energy and power and connection and spirit was that here that was here in utah right here yeah no shit yeah it's the only one in the country are you serious yeah is it still around it's called impact oh i've heard okay yeah impact a lot of people gone to it yeah yeah that's that was like the tipping that was the like i had been throwing stones in the pond up until that point that was like throwing a freaking volkswagen bus into the water. Really? Yeah. Like So you highly recommend. Ooh. Yeah, and and you gotta be ready for it. Yeah. Like I recommend I recommend that. Like I would re- I would recommend Navy SEAL training mm-hmm. for somebody who's in shape. Right. Right? Um it's like if you're if you're if you're ready to take it on. Yeah. If you're not ready to face yourself, don't go in there. You're gonna waste your time and, and their time and your money. Okay. Because it is boot camp for the soul. It is confrontational. It is about accountability. It's about integrity. It's about how the fuck you show up or don't in your life, your kids' lives, your family's lives. Uh Like, and wow, it is not for. uh, I don't think I don't feel like it's for the faint of heart, personally. 
Some people, they go in, they have a good time. I, I see they didn't get anything out of it because they really weren't paying attention. They weren't doing the work. They weren't digging. Yeah. I went in there fresh off of Armageddon. I was <laughs> so ready. <laughs> I'm like, dust dust the nuclear, you know, freaking blast all the fallout off my shoulder. And I'm like, okay, like. I realized that even though I'd survived these things, and I, in fact, I, that right, that journaling thing became Soul Root Alchemy, became the tool that I teach people now. Yeah. Yeah. It became a formula that I teach people, like people in rehab, people in business, people in relationships, people that or like are like a life coach kind of thing. Basically. Yeah. 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 It became a template. So that's when life, that's when that was born. But I realized that, that, and this is, and it wasn't the evolved version that it is now, but it got me to here, right? Uh-huh. So it did its job. So, but it's like you know, soldiers come back, and yeah, they're physically intact, but I mean, emotionally, mentally, they're in pieces. Oh yeah, that's what I realized where I was at. Okay. Yeah, I was like, I had just dodged every bullet that the universe could throw at me, and yeah, I was alive, but like. I had some serious trust in you. You were a mess. <laughs> you were a fucking mess. Let's just, let's just get straight to the point. was just like shaking, walking through the door. Like, yeah, I made it. I'm here, guys. Frail. And hasn't seen the sun in six months. Yeah. It's a vampire. Go me. Still doing positive affirmations. Yeah. I, I know I can do this. But yeah, I go in there and like within, I think, the first 10 minutes, I'm just like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Like, this is what I need to hear right now. I need to hear some hard shit. People are going to tell me stuff I don't want to hear. And, like, this woman next to me is talking. And she's like, oh, oh, really nice. Or, like, oh, I don't believe that. Or, you know, she's just, like, talking shit on the guy who's presenting. Yeah. I'm not kidding, bro. I, You're like, kidding. look. I look over and I go, are you fucking kidding me? I said, that loud. Good for loud. you. Good for said you. It's that loud. That bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get I the mean, fuck out of here. She's just like throwing so much shade while everybody's listening. There's 140 people in this room trying to listen. Yeah. And I'm in the very back. I'll never forget wearing my pistachio t-shirt. <laughs> remember 14? Yeah. Dude. I go in. Oh, and this is really crazy. So remember I said I got sober on Jan... What's it? 2011. Or January 14, 2011. Mm-hmm. I went into Impact 2010... August 11th, finished the 14th. Wow. Yeah. Synchronicity. Is like Synchronicity. Crazy. And it was off the 14, the 140 exit. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brinley and I made our relationship official on the 14th. 14th. We launched Vibe Bottle on the 14th. Ghetto Slider was open April 14th, closed April 14th, the same day, five days, five years later. Damn. Jen and I were married on the four, December 14th. Brinley and I were 14 years apart. So She was my 14th relationship. In, in numerology terms, I know you spoke about this on, earlier in the podcast. What is that? So 14, would that be like 6? So for me, it would be 5. But five. For, for me in particular... Math. You no. Know. <laughs> no, Bobby. It's not 6. Sorry. <laughs> get mad. <laughs> Throw my bottle and get out. Stupid idiot. Wow. Can't I, believe I this do po- math. This podcast sucks. One plus one is carrot. <laughs> carrot. Anyway, purple. So, <laughs> so, 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 it depends. So, like for me, like I was, I was actually, uh, I was talking to a Peruvian shaman that was 
I was gleaming in information from and I was he was teaching me some stuff. Yeah. But he's like, just threw it out there one day. He's like, 14 is your angel number. And he's like, because 7 and 7, like 7 is the, you know, divine number. Okay. He's like, you yeah. have two, he's like, you have two tiers of wow. angels. We're like, he's like, you'll always have your two guardian angels. He's like, but then you have like 12 others beyond that because of whatever it is that you came to do, you're going to need it. Interesting. Yeah. And he's like, and so the top tier, I can't speak to. Like, we don't get to talk, but they deliver messages to these guys, Uh and they talk to me. Interesting. Yeah. Which is largely what was happening when I was traveling all the time, listening to people tell me stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and choose, go left or right, or go today, go tomorrow, whatever. Timing is a very spiritual experience, honestly, that people don't quite grasp, I think. But yeah. Yeah, so that was so that's what he threw out of nowhere. Like, we weren't even talking about angels. We were just sitting on his couch, and he was like, 14 is your angel number. And I start going backwards in time, and like, sure enough, 104 are the last... Yes, now we're talking. <laughs> the complete encyclopedia of angels. Sorry. You no, 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 no. I'll try not to squirrel out too much on this. Okay, Go, we will okay. get into this. So, but yeah, uh, I was I was born on the 14th parallel. I came over when I was 14. 104, the last yeah. three digits of my social security number. You guys have to guess the rest. Zero, <laughs> zero, I thought canceled out, but it doesn't cancel out. Zero means God. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Zero means I like spirit. That. Yeah, because think of it. What comes before one? Whatever created one. Yeah. What? That makes total That's great. That's mind-blowing. That's mind-blowing. Holy shit. I know. Okay. Some lady on the street taught me that in Oregon a couple weeks ago. Because I run into some interesting people now on my travels. But <laughs> Oregon as is always, a, Oregon, Oregon is, is no joke. Dude. Uh, sorry, I'm sidetracking it again. Please. I was a flight attendant for, for about That's five right. or six years. For JetBlue. For JetBlue. And... I flew with, so when we went through training, uh-huh. they put you in a room with somebody else, you yeah. know what I mean? And he became one of my best friends. His name's Anthony. from Italian dude from Long Island. The Long like, Island. Dude, <laughs> totally. My name's Tony. Oh, dude. <laughs> Total character. So we were like, we're trying to get out. Actually, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't Oregon. It was Washington, Seattle. Say same kind of area. It's the same thing. It's the same guy. The locals area. would be mad at us for saying it, but... So he grew you know. up in New York. Yeah. I grew up in Utah, pretty much. And he was like... We, we go to... So we book this trip. Uh-huh. We fly this trip together, and it has a 24-hour layover in Seattle. And we get there, get off the plane, and we're like, let's go to the Space Needle. You know what I mean? Like that whole Heck part yeah. of that town yeah. or whatever. And we're walking down there... And there's all these shops along the way, and these kids are just skateboarding everywhere, dressed better than us, asking us for fucking money. Hey, do you got a dollar? Uh, what? You, you. Rolling this badass skateboard in better jeans and dressed way nicer than me. Why are you, why do you need a dollar? So that, that's what started. And then we get into the parking lot, and these people are rolling up in these Mercedes and BMWs and they're getting out barefooted wearing tie-dye and wicker anything what? that you could fucking imagine. Yes. 
Like, yes. Trustafarians, I believe, is what they're called. (laughs) Did we just... Are are we in Woodstock 69 right now? Because as we get into the Space Needle, there must have been some sort of hippie convention going on because, I mean, nobody had shoes on except for us. Uh, The women there had more facial hair than I do. Yes. You know, the whole nine. The whole nine. And, I mean, it it was just nuts. Uh And I look at my friend and he's like dude this is the weirdest place i've ever been and i grew up in new york yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was like i this is the weirdest place i've been and i've seen some shit in new york in the last six months Uh but dude i I lived in i I didn't i didn't live but i worked in hollywood yeah oh yeah i'm still shocked when i go to portland yeah still there are some interesting people there even like they're great people they are totally nice not normal not normal. And, and they're they're proud of that. They are. Yeah. They rock the shit out of it. They own it. They're rich hippies. They really lean in. <laughs> really. Because you could be a hippie and you don't need to get a job. I mean, you may as well just get, like, you know, your favorite brand, like, tattooed on your face because you don't need a job. You exactly. Can, you can be as eccentric as you want. It, it's interesting. I mean, even, like, we walk back to the hotel and our hotel is, like, a mile and a half walk away. And we're about halfway to the hotel from the Space Needle. And we come up behind these three people, and they're all holding hands. You know, and they all have long hair. And they don't have shoes on. Yeah, <laughs> which in the city I don't get. I don't get that I'm either. down with... I'm, I will walk through the woods. Uh, I spent five days in Lake Powell with no shoes on. Yeah. And like... That's connected different. to the earth. I'm not walking through any city no. without my shoes on, dude. Don't, no. Two words for you. Heroin needle. Heronito, people's old gum that's, yeah, gross. So we get up, we like stand next to them, and I notice it's a girl and two guys, and the girl has more facial hair than the, both the guys, and they're all holding hands, and I'm like, we're not in Kansas anymore, man. You are not in Kansas. We are not no. in Kansas. We, needless to say, we never went back. Okay. It was the weirdest shit. I, I was good. Yeah. I mean, I'd go back there now, but Bro, as a young I work, lad, I was I'm, like, help, yeah. I'm consulting my friend right now, getting her crystal shop off the ground, and we we are selling at the Portland Market every Saturday right now. Really? Yes. <laughs> and it is a joyful experience. <laughs> it's good people watching. Uh, if you've never seen anybody, like, I don't know, just bathe in, like, the, the local, uh, uh, what are those called? Fountain? Really? Yeah. Or, I don't know, just masturbating on the side of the road or, <laughs> you know, just blow, blowing, a, li- bless, blowing a, a whistle and then screaming, um, um, why do you think you're better than me, God? And then, like, starts playing a guitar that with, like, with no strings and he's wearing, like, a fur coat. Yes. And everything smells like pee and... Um, and a lot, unfortunately, there's just so many. Portland's a beautiful place, and it got trashed last year really? because of the riots. Oh, so yeah. some places got fixed up, and some places didn't. They didn't have the money. Whoever was running it, owning the building, didn't have the money. Oh. So some of it still looks like a war zone. Really? Yeah, and that's where we just go hang out for like ten hours every Saturday. <laughs> oh my God. But we kill it on crystals, yo. Like I bet. We uh, she's doing like a thousand to two thousand 
every Saturday. No way. In crystals. That's amazing. Couple G's. I'm do I'm in the wrong business. Uh, this is where all this experience came into becoming a really good consultant. That if you live through it, you can become a really good consultant. Yeah. Because when somebody's like, hey, man, should we get in that van? I'm like, yes. Let's go. Definitely get in that van. No <laughs> questions. <laughs> no. And while we're sidetracking, I've got to bring you back to, we've got to bring you back to 2000, before Zan, I think 2000 or 2001. Okay. Yeah. No, 2000 because I was 21 years old. Okay. It's easy to re- me to remember because my birthday is January 2nd. It's always like the year rolls over and then my birthday rolls over. Oh, jeez. Right? Yeah. So, okay. And this is weird. Another tangent. Okay, 1979 means I was born in the 70s. Uh-huh. Okay? That means I also lived through the 80s, the 90s, the aughts, and 2010 to 2020. And then right before it rolled over, yeah, to 2020, I turned... Or no, I was still 40 Yeah. when it turned to 2020. So that means that my 40 years of life... Spanned six decades. Holy cow! Is that weird? That is weird. Because I caught the like last year of uh, yeah. Seventy. I caught seventy nine. Caught the yeah. I caught the seventies barely in seventy nine. Uh huh. And I turned forty one, January second of twenty twenty. Yeah. So in forty years, I got to experience six decades. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't make sense. That's why it doesn't. None of this makes sense because when you think of like, I'm not, I'm not even talking about everything that happened. Yeah, I'm just talking about like the highlights. Right. I don't know how all this fit into my life. I don't understand it. Yeah. How time wise? Yeah. How did I? You were. Constantly. Wrote a book. Like, Dude. what? I don't get it. I'll tell you how. Capricorn. <laughs> exactly. That's no, it. No, I'm just... Every time... I just remember hanging out. Every single time I would go over to your house. You'd be like, yeah, come over. You'd be on the computer. Working on logos. Working on whatever. Constantly. And we'd talk. We'd have whole on conversa- full-on conversations for hours. And you'd just be working the whole time. Oh. You were damn good at multitasking. Oh, that's okay. what I perceive. Thank you. That actually makes sense. So yeah, because there's no way I could all fit it. Because I was a DJ for a while. Yeah. There was that period in my life. And you danced. I was dancing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was a dad. I sold drugs. Oh yeah. Fireworks. Oh, Gunpowder. Yeah. So oh yeah. So the 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 other sidetrack. So what I was talking about was so my first time that I experienced Reiki was two is year two thousand. It was twenty one. Okay. I watched Oprah do it, like some guy on Oprah. Winfrey. Yeah. Right? We were partying. This was right before we had Zen. So we're partying and oh, my friend starts to overdose on GHB. Oh. Yeah. Remember that period of time? Yeah. When it was in the clubs and it was bad? Yeah. So and nobody knew how to take it because there was no protocol. And everybody was like, oh, I just took one and nothing happened. And they'd take another one. And then 20 minutes later, there were Lying on their deathbed. Thank you. Yes. Unfortunately, they were all getting hauled to an ambulance. So we we had been rolling, I think, for two straight days. And it was like Sunday morning. And my man takes some drinks, a whole cap of GHB. Oh, my God. And just eyes roll back in his head and his whole body gets stiff and he's on his couch. Oh. Just like, and we're just like, oh. we've been up for two days. Like, there's no problem solving happening up here. 
No. There's no rational thought. There's no hope. There's like, do we drive him to the hospital and go to jail? Or do we leave him on the hospital lawn and he hope he doesn't oh die? God. Like, you know, the conversation yeah, yeah, you yeah, never yeah. want to have. Right. Nobody wants to have that conversation. And I'm not kidding, man. When I say, and Jen, Jen was here, uh-huh. was there. Okay. Okay. You know Jen. That's oh, why I'm course, saying yeah. it for the microphone. Yes. Jen was there. She said if she ever has to testify in court that she would attest to this happening. Okay. I switch. My brain goes into some weird like management mode, right? Okay. And I'm like I th- I'm like I know what to do and I walk between there's like four of my friends standing including his girlfriend are standing around him and I and I walk through them. And I'm like, just give me some space. And I can see this black, like, cloak or something around his body. Really? Energetically. Okay. Yeah. And so I do what I saw on freaking Oprah. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Oprah saved his life. Oprah saved this man's life. (laughs) So I start, it's almost as if he has, like, almost like a wetsuit around him type of thing. And I start, I, like, get my hands warm, right? Get my chi going. And I go and i and i start to peel this this energy off of his leg no shit yeah starting from his his navel okay down and down and it's down his left leg cuz he's laying with his head south uh-huh. and the couch is facing the deck right so i'm like peel it off his leg goes limp this man Whoa. this man is completely Unconscious. He does not know this is happening. So there's no placebo that that could happen. Yeah. Yeah. His leg goes limp. And we're just like, it worked. We're like, okay. So then I go back in and I go and I pull and I'm just like using my hands and I'm not touching him. Yeah. And I'm just like pulling this energy off of his left, his right leg. It goes limp. Whoa. Yeah. So now it's just his upper body is convulsing and he's still got his eyes back in his head. And then I go under his waist and I go to push it up. And I pull it off of his arm, and it goes limp. Dude. That's crazy. And then I do his last, his other arm. Uh-huh. And then I remember this, I have no idea why, but somewhere, I think in the Bible, it said that your like, soul leaves your body at the back of your neck or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah, So I instinctually, like, I pull up all the energy I can from his waist and above and, like, up under his neck and over his head. And pull it out of the back of his neck and throw it out. Uh-huh. And he wakes up. He just wakes up. He just opens his eyes. Fuck. Yeah. Whoa. And now we're all standing there. I can't see. That's mind-blowing. Looking down at him. And nobody's seeing anything. And he's just like, why is everybody standing around? Somebody get me a beer. <laughs> that's what he says. That was my first experience doing reiki oh my god ever that's insane his girlfriend collapses falls on him starts bawling telling him what just happened he's not getting it everybody walks out everybody gets their coats and leaves that's it i'm done they're like this is the end literally after that like our entire circle that entire circle of friends just dissipated like we really never saw any of them again yeah, but Jen Jen is like, to this day, she's like, I don't know what I saw, but I saw something. She's like, I know what I saw, but I don't know what it is. That's insane. Uh-huh. And so I don't even become, I don't even start to 
really now mind you i'm 20 years old yeah i haven't even had my awakening yet yeah so fast forward okay i'm going through impact yeah um i have the most for me the most freeing liberating beautiful experience of my life one of them in impact and multiple multiple little awakenings that are kind of stacking up right but then in in summit it's the second level one of those nights, and I don't attribute it necessarily to what they did. Mm-hmm. It's just what I got out of me. Yes. Well, how much clogged, you know, energy I'd bogged down in me. Finally, I was releasing it. You know, I, I, the way I, I put it into a word picture, it was like being this bright, shiny light under a mountain of garbage, mm-hmm. which is that negative self-talk and, you know, all those, you know, Capricorn-y kind of things <laughs> that we like to do. No. But it was just like being, you know, were you born? Yeah. Literally. So this one night, this one fateful evening, it's October. I'll have to look at the calendar as when I was in. It wouldn't surprise me if it was the 14th, but um, <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm about to like go pee. Right? So I'm not asleep and I'm not awake. Yeah. And just above my bed is like this six foot Metatron's cube. Yeah. What? Just like floating above my bed. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Are you... You're not dreaming? I don't know. Okay. I just... It's a vision. I might be dreaming, uh-huh. but I remember waking up and being like, I gotta, I gotta go pee. Right. So, I could be awake. Kind of lucid dreaming. I'm, I'm in... I call it between worlds. Okay. Yeah. And it just... Like, teleports in. Just... Yeah. And mind you, I haven't studied sacred geometry at this point in my life. Yeah. I had no idea it existed. And I'm like, dude. Hello? <laughs> yeah. Do you speak? Uh, what's next? No, I'm just like, I'm pretty much frozen. Oh, totally. Yeah, at this point. So it's kind of like, you know, they talk about, you know, people have talked about like they wake up, they have paralysis, sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. But usually it's like some dark spirit standing on their chest or something. Yeah. This was the opposite of that. It was like sleep paralysis, but it was like I'm talking to a deity or something. Wow. Right. And, and mind you, again, I've been clean at this point. Yeah. Completely clean for like a whole year. Right. Right. So it like if you're familiar, you have to Google this. Meta, the Metatron's cube. Meta means beyond. Tron means matrix. Okay. Um. And I'm not associating it, I don't associate it to any deity yet, but there is an association, the Metatron, the Archangel Metatron. Okay. There is an Archangel called Metatron. Metatron. And it's it's from the book of Enoch. And Enoch is, is a man who ascends to heaven, becomes Metatron, becomes the scribe of God. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which and what's really weird is my dad's name is Edmer, Edward Moraine Klimowitz, uh-huh. and if you take and the Z in Polish is a H sound, you can literally underline Enoch in his name in order. Wow. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's Polish. Yeah. I'm Polish. You're Go Polish. On. Yes. Uh, we had this talk. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so, Polish Catholics, we're doing good. We're doing great. Yep. We'll live through anything. <laughs> so if you're familiar, if you're familiar with it, it's thirteen circles uh-huh. that don't overlap each other. That are it's called the fruit of life. Okay. And it's it's derived from the flower of life pattern. 
All right. So the flower of life pattern, you could could say in, in simplest terms, is like the template of all existence. Everything in the universe comes from this pattern. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Everything, and I mean, you can map it out. Like light and sound is non-material, uh-huh. and like, and then a, and then you have atoms, or you have like particles and waves. Uh-huh. Yeah. All of it has some geometric correlation back. To, really? Yeah. Back to the flower of life. So from the flower of life, you pull what's called. You can pull the seed of life, the fruit of life, the tree of life. So if you take 13 circles, so it's like one in the middle, two above, two below, uh-huh. and then like two out there. It looks almost like a sunflower, okay? Yeah. Now, people identify that as a Metatron's cube, but it's not. It's borrowed from the flower of life. And so, okay. and then what happens is you connect all of the center points of those circles with uh-huh. straight lines. The straight lines are the Metatron's cube. Wow. Yes. And what's interesting is the flower of life is all circles representing feminine and the Metatron's cube is all lines representing masculine. Dude, my mind's blown right now. Right? <laughs> I, 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 just going to everybody out there, I don't know anything about sacred geometry. I know you're, you're really into it and you teach it. Mm-hmm. And I've always been super interested. Yeah, he's got the. Do you? What do you call this? Vibe bottle. These were vibe bottle. Now it's lucid earth. Lucid earth. Yeah, we so, closed vibe bottle. That's another tragic story. Yeah. So lucid earth is he makes these bottles. Uh, they have, and they have sacred geometry printed on them in scratch proof ink. And I see these everywhere, like every metaphysical store, like and. In 2019, Vibe Bottle was in 100 stores. Really? We did, we did $100,000 in sales. That's amazing. Yeah. From our basement. So, yeah, when I see these bottles, I'm like, oh, so it's always like you staring me in the face. And <laughs> I Andrea see you, Bobby. Will be, Andrea will be the same way. She's like, oh, those are those bottles or those are those stickers, you know? Yep. But interesting. So I, I, I need to get into that. So you need to teach me. Yeah, okay. I do teach. I do teach classes and one-on-ones. Yes. There's the plug. Uh, in fact, yeah, we'll get into that because I've I've actually I have like five programs coming out in September. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. You have to shout those it's out. It's gonna be awesome. So okay, so um, in fact, yeah, if, if if we make a, a, we'll have to bleep out all my swearing, and then we'll have like a family-friendly version can, of this. We can even do like. I'm probably going to cut this into two parts, but we could do a part three where you you can go crazy with all the metaphysical stuff as well. Cool. If you want. Yeah. I don't know how much time you have. Oh, it's this is my life. This is your life. I shouldn't be anywhere else. So <laughs> let's let's do this. Uh, where Do you want to finish your thought? On Let me your, finish this one yes. story okay. because it's a perfect lead into part two. That's what we'll do. Because part two is literally the my entire like the last twelve years of just light work. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, finish that story out, then we'll cut it, and then we'll go part two. Deal. Everybody can hear that. Let's yeah. go. We're transparent here. Yes. We don't mess around. Okay. <laughs> so so that I, I had to give you that idea because so this is the Metatron's cube right here, laid over the flower of life. It's okay. Literally what I just told you. Nice. Okay. okay. Yeah, I see that. So so it tells me, right? Not it's it's speaking to me through thought, not through like telepathically. Yeah, I'm okay. seeing I'm seeing visions, I'm seeing photos and movies. I'm yeah. not hearing words okay. or a voice. Right? Interesting. Yeah. So 
it like dismantles itself and it shows me all of its circles. Right. And it's like everything in the universe is either in a cycle, which it shows circles, uh-huh. or it's connected to something. There's nothing that's not in some sort of cycle. Water okay. cycle, cycle of life, atomic cycles, day, night, seasons, whatever. Stars explode. Uh-huh. Their material goes out into the universe. They coalesce around other stars, become other planets. Those stars explode. The material goes out. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing that's not in a cycle. Gee, that's mind blowing. That's okay. mind blowing. It's okay? so mind blowing. <laughs> Go on. Nothing escapes cycles, right? Yeah. And then there's, and then that's the that's what the circles represents. A circle represents cycle. You know, like full the circle. full circle. Yes. Yeah. Connection. So nothing is not. In relationship to anything else, even if a star is trillions of lights light years away, it's still in some sort of relationship to us. Right, just not close. Whoa. So these are the close proximity or far proximity, but nothing is disconnected. Interesting. Very interesting. Wow. Okay. Okay, and then it goes. Let me show you, and it goes down into subatomic particles like electrons, neutrons. It's like look, circles connected to through each other through magnetic force. And it goes out, and it goes like atoms connected to each other. It's like molecules. Atoms make up molecules. It's like these make up cells. Cells make up organs in your body. All the organs are connected inside of your body. You are a part of your family. Your family is a part of your town. Your town is a part of your city, your state, your country, your planet. Your planet is a part of the solar system. Your solar system is part of a galaxy. Your galaxy is part of the web. The web is part of the universe. The universe is in relationship to the multiverse. Oh, it's just, my, my mind is going crazy right now. This, this Okay, so you're seeing this? I'm seeing like it. Like pictures. It movie. Okay. Like full 3D format. Like flying through, like being shrunk and being expanded to see it all. You woke up to go to the bathroom. You and I'm still to- laying here, frozen. Because oh I have the same response you have right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm like shaking. I'm yeah. like, what is happening? And this information isn't going into my mind. It's going into my bones. Weird. Yeah. It's like imprinting itself onto my bones. Like code. Really? Yes. So that's the other part of the vision. It's coding itself like into me. Yeah. So like, and again, I'm never... Never, I didn't know what sacred geometry was. I had, I had everything I had studied was very abstract. It was right. philosophy, shamanism, you know, uh, theosophy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a very logical. Like, there's nothing more logical than geometry. Yeah. So it was a very far swing from what I was really used to. And so, and it's like, and I go, and it's like, comes back to us. I'm like, it's like, any questions? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> actually, yes. And it, and, and it, I said, what about us, like humans? Yeah. Like, where, how do we fit? And it's like, interesting question. It's like, basically explains that we think life begins and ends. We think that our destination is point A to point B. We think our problems start and begin and end. Uh-huh. Um, but history repeats itself. Past lives, karma, having the same problems in different relationships with different people. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's like, 
it's it was it was trying not to mock humans, but it was basically saying you think you're linear, but you're not. Yeah. Like time, we think it's linear. Right. What if it's not? We don't have any way to disprove that it is or isn't. Just how we're experiencing it. Yeah. Time might be a loop. Here's an interesting thought. We have three dimensions, height, length, width, right? Uh-huh. But we only define time as length. Right. What if time has a length and width? <sighs> and you can travel within it. And it's a sphere, not a rope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Which God. is fits into this fruit of life. Right? I gotta take my hat off. Tell, <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> and and I go, okay. So that means, are you saying that we're eternally just stuck in these cycles? Uh-huh. And it said, also great question. And it it like I it loses the the lines for a second, uh-huh. and it's like lays itself down, and it's like, no, you have infinite cycles to choose from. So you you could become a billionaire, or you could become an alcoholic, homeless, crazy person. Those are both cycles. Those right. exist somewhere yeah. right now. So no, you're not stuck. The only reason you think you're stuck is that you perceive that those realities are impossible for you. Right. Yeah. So if you don't think you can travel to the homeless, crazy, drunk person, chances are you won't. You know, yeah. If you don't think you can ever travel to the billionaire circle, then you probably won't. Wow. But they exist. Whether you, whether you want them to or not, they're existing right now. And other versions of yourself you think are in your past, they're just existing in a different cycle. Right. So once you learn to release the, the, the limiting belief that, see, this, this brings back the idea that everything is infinite again. That mm-hmm. space is infinite, we're infinite, creator is infinite, and we're all connected. Yeah. So no, we're not confined. We're only confined because our minds can't grasp the idea that there's infinite cycles. Yeah. And they go out and they go up. Damn. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Here's the best part. Then I wake up. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Yeah. And then you're just like up for three days, five days. Writing. Just writing. I would. Yeah. So you kind of channeled this entity. That's insane. And it was like, here's your instructions. It was like, you have to share this with people. And I'm like, I don't think you know my track record. Like, have you seen the death and destruction I've left in my my wake? I don't, I think you got the wrong guy. Yeah, you're yeah. perfect guy. And it was like, no, because we know you'll do it. Yeah. Like, we know you're stubborn enough, brave enough, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. We know that you'll do it. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Did it have a, did, did it give you a name? Just... Yeah, it was the, uh, so, so essentially here's the other crazy part. It also showed us how to navigate it and really? it showed me, yeah, and it showed me th- 13, 13 areas in which we, we pitfalls that we fall into, which start our cycles over again. So if we are aware of them and we, and we're, and in some cases we're already overcoming 12 out of 13, but we keep falling into that one. Yeah. Right, which is like you feel yourself progressing, like you're a b-boy. Yeah. You feel yourself progressing, but you can't quite get that last trick down. Why? And you're essentially organically moving through that process yourself. Right. But what this does is it laid it out for me, and it was like, here's the thing: like setting the goal and committing to it, and finishing it, 
finishing what you start, remembering to celebrate, remembering to rest. Like, here's the things people forget to do. And if you do them all, you can transcend any cycle into any other cycle you want at any time. Okay. Yes. So this is like... <laughs> Sorry. It's mind-blowing. But, okay. So I've been getting into so much so much more into depth with spiritual things and esoteric things and you know self-growth over the last two or three years like i've always kind of been into it like you know we've, yeah. we've talked about astrology and all this other stuff we both love naruto, naruto. that's spiritual as hell it is spiritual yeah. so um one guy that i really like love listening to for self-growth and it's more of an esoteric kind of thing but it's Bob Proctor. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So Bob Proctor is, he talks about that same kind of concept that you were talking about where uh, you could become this, what did you call it? You could become this drunk person or this millionaire. They're on different, what did you call them? You could say they're in different frequencies. Yes, frequencies. Not right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So he goes off a frequency Mm -hmm. and he's like, every frequency is attached, you know? You want to get to, let's say you have a bunch of these horizontal lines, like you're saying, boom, 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 boom. And they're lined up one right on top of the other. And you're on this lower frequency and the uh, part that you want to get to is on this higher frequency. Well, you've got to go through all these other frequencies to get there. They're all attached. And same thing, if you want to go to the drunk side of things, it's like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's that same concept. And then... He also is huge on Think and Grow Rich, which has 13 principles. No way. Yeah. Are you serious? Have you ever read that book? I, I mean, I've, I've, heard, I've fallen asleep to the audio book. Yeah. But I've never, like, read it all the way through. Yeah. So there's 13 principles that Napoleon Hill, who wrote that book, went through. Well, basically, Napoleon Hill is the author of Think and Grow Rich, and he basically went out and interviewed... 500 of the most wealthiest people in the world Hmm. and he just kind of took what they had in common you know like basically the secrets to becoming a millionaire right and made these 13 principles to live by they're not the same as what you just said but it's just funny that there's 13 of them yeah so anyways there's well and there's numeral there's numerologically a reason for it too really yeah like there's it's not 13 is not an unlucky number yeah, Personal. no, totally. That's a misnomer. And that's funny because I keep seeing 13 everywhere mm-hmm. or 31, uh-huh. which is the reverse of that. Right. So it's like, and I, I looked it up and, Which yeah. add, they add up to four and typically right. mean earth and stability. Yes. Like, like the four corners of a square. Like a grounding kind of thing, yeah. right? Yep. So anyways. Which also the cube in, Plato- in the platonic solids. Yeah. The cube. Which is the you know the four sided times six, it's yeah it has four sides you know four lengths and six sides, yeah the cube is the platonic solid that represents the element of Earth. Really? Yeah. That's a fuck. Okay. It's pretty crazy. Sorry. That that class is three hours, just so you know, just the sacred geometry class that I teach. Really? Yeah. It's usually two, but people ask questions and it runs into three. Oh, totally. Yeah, and I teach it to like people that are going through yoga training. I teach it to. I teach it usually to pretty advanced people. Yeah. So, God. so okay. that you can imagine my conflict because a, I just as far as I'm concerned, just talk to God. Yeah. 
and and now now immediately what comes after that? Am I insane? Did I break something in in training at Impact today? Am I dreaming? Did I eat some acid? I'm gonna lose a bunch of friends. I literally and I literally quit my job like that next week, and and started writing, and started speaking, and that was the beginning of like my light work career. And I was finally I was no longer hiding yeah. shamanism from that the fact that I was studying and practicing shamanism from the world. And that's when your the three year thing you're talking about yeah. ended. Yeah. Wow. Yep. <laughs> Well, my head hurts. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. <sighs> these these are the people we're surrounded by, folks. And they're everywhere. I I can't even. You attract you. We attracted each other. We, we did. hadn't seen each other. We ran into she, we ran into each other. At Shields. Yeah. We're we're on the same frequency, bro. You know it's funny. Like, so I I told you I'd been to or went to uh, Lotus. And I bought that Shungite. Yeah. And it it says nothing about, like, bringing people into your life. But when I wore that bracelet, I, we literally, I'm like, uh, maybe we should go to Shields. And Andrea's like, okay, yeah, let's go to Shields. I'm like, all right. Boom. Go to Shields. Run into, do you know who Ro is? He's a well, I do. I know of him. Yes. So we run into him. Yeah. And funny story, I... Bomb Bomb and my crew was saying, like, hey, we should start a soccer league. And I'm like, dude, I used to do that. Me and Andrea used to do a co-ed soccer league, right? Oh, cool. So the synchronicities. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I run into him. He's like, hey, do you guys play soccer? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah? What's happening? He's like, me and my girlfriend here, we want to play soccer. And I'm like, all right. Okay. Let's, we want to play soccer. We're at Shields. Let's go better. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then we run into, like, Two other people that mm-hmm. we know. Yeah. I ran into somebody else I know after you. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a vortex of like... I didn't understand it. Yeah. And then I ran into you and I'm like, what the fuck it's is It's crazy going on? too because you look the same. Like you have an age. Yeah. Yeah. You're a vampire. So, so are you. <laughs> I don't have an age either. 42 years old. Lost some hair. And I lost... I got some gray hairs now though. I earned them though. Super. It was awesome though, because it was like, because we're the kind of friends that like we haven't seen each other in a while and it doesn't matter. Like yeah. we're just like, hey, we just pick up. Let's where go we left eat. Off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it been? A decade? Yeah, let's go eat, bro. Okay. <laughs> the noodles. Literally, Are you dude. doing the gluten free thing. So am I. It's crazy. Yeah. But anyways. So yeah. Okay, so let's let's wrap up this episode. That's it. No, um, I'm not going any further. This is because after this is when uh, basically my entire like life. My whole light work career just runs for the next 12 years. Yes. And that's a whole other story. Yeah. And I am excited to hear about it. And I've been I mean, on the road for eight months this year. Jesus Christ. I, I have, know. You're I always been, on the road. Well, I've been road. I, I literally left my lease. Like, I literally decided to start um, couch surfing this year and just teaching. You are a true nomad. It's, it's in my blood. It is in your DNA yeah. since you were young. So the little, I didn't even know. Since that. I was just a wee lad, fucking ghetto sliding. All ghetto around. sliding from d- age twelve. Damn. Okay, folks. Well, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this shit up. Anyway, thanks, bro, for having me over. We're two and a half hours in. <laughs> Good. It's a straight up Joe Rogan episode, dude. Totally. Yeah. Longest episode yet, but worth it. The best. Totally worth it. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to shout out? You said you had like. Uh, do you want to? Quick, yeah, quick plug. Yeah, do a plug. Okay, That's so where I'm going. so um, I have retreats going on up in Oregon right now, where th- more things are legal there than they are here. Yeah. So it's like going to Peru, but not having to go to Peru. Right. So like. Medicine. Plant. Yeah. yeah plant medicine, fungus, um, cacao. Um, sometimes we take Ormus, which is just monatomic gold. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's all and there's and I and the difference between the way I do it and other people is I actually give people like a whole month regimen before they go into their journey. Okay. To prepare. And then we do post integration. Yeah. Um, and then so that program, which is cool about that program, is that it can either take you to the journey or not so either way you can either do it's called the get lucid program because my company now is called lucid okay so it it entails like a bunch of assessment tests like personality profiling astrology um your emotional code Uh and then like uh figuring out what are your where are you ranking yourself right now in your physical mental emotional spiritual physical uh, environmental and relationship health. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's the seat of life. It's seven circles. Yes. So I call it seven dimensions of health. Um, so we, we start there and then we talk about basic, the safety of, of this, the triangle of safety of preparing for a plant journey. Uh-huh. So that's, a, that's like a, a lesson. And then soul root alchemy, that tool that I talked about that I created in the darkest n- night ever. Right. Yep. Sacred geometry. I think that's what four. Yeah. And then I just, now I'm adding, um, I, I, cr- I created something called, um, Shama entrepreneur. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's amazing. So if you're building your business from your soul, if you have a soul based business, whether you're an artist, an intuitive a coach, whatever, uh-huh. and you don't have entrepreneurial experience, and you also have that part of you that like, you're like, I want to start a business, but I want it to be ethical and I want it to be spiritual. And I, I help people build those from the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. So all of those can be a program that you can sign up for with me and I will take you through it month to month. Wow. And and then the, the medicine journey is separate. So if you want to do all that and, and do either a medicine journey at the end or throughout it, uh-huh. you can do it. But if you don't want to do medicine journeys, you can do it either way because either way it's useful. Right. But just the medicine journey, the reason why I found that it was so powerful is there's a level of vulnerability you're going to have with the plant that you're not going to have with any other human on earth. Oh, totally. Yeah. And and once you get into the space of vulnerability, you can get into the depths of what's working, what's not working. Yeah. And it's no longer an idea, but it's actually something you can see and feel and taste and touch in the dream state. Wow. Yeah, it's something you can interact with, which you can't really. It's just an idea here. Yeah. It's just a concept. But in the dream state with the medicine, you can confront it face-to-face, and you have like a babysitter shaman, uh-huh. and you have the plant working with you, and you've been getting ready for this for the last 30 days. It's a completely different experience, 100% different. Even if you've been taking psychedelics your whole life, if you've never done it in a ceremonial way... Wait you haven't in my mind haven't done it that sounds amazing it's crazy You're i met my i saw my dad i saw my dad my dad died in 2013 oh okay in april of this year in my first journey in 
12 years, uh-huh. I saw my dad. Wow. Yeah. How was that? I'm going to leave that for the next yeah, one. Yeah, because yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'll, no, that's a great question. The reason why I'm going to leave it is because uh, that's full circle. Because when I left the church, that's when me and my dad, our relationship fell apart. Okay. We made up seven days before he died. Wow. Yeah. So we basically had a 23-year riff Holy cow. between the time that I was a kid. I was a little kid. And I was basically told that I was never going to amount to anything if I didn't, if I didn't stay as part of the church. Yeah. And then we came to a space of forgiveness, and then he died of leukemia a week later. Oh my God! So to see him again, oh, you'll never guess what he said to me. What did he say? I'm not going to tell you. You're going to say it for the next yep. year. I like it. Okay. <laughs> Leave him on edge. Yep. <laughs> Damn. Yep. Okay. So you created this program, essentially. Get Lucid, yep. Get Lucid, and you are tag-teaming it from all different angles. True. That yeah. sounds amazing. I want to do it. You can. I'm going to. <laughs> okay. I'm You're invited. Ready, dude. It also, oh, oh, that's what I'm missing. So post-integration, it inc- we're doing um, the tool that Metatron taught me. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, it's like the eye of Metatron, and it's... For goal setting. Wow. Yeah. And okay, so if somebody wants to sign up for this, what do they do? What's the process? Um, so Or how do they get a hold of you? Get a hold of me at, um, you can either go to the mixed, meta, go to mixedmetaphysics at gmail.com, send me an email. A lot of these conversations have to be private and, right. you know, because of the nature of them. Totally. Um, you know, you can, if you have my number, you can call or, or text me on signal, put my number in your phone as 385 Two two four one eight three three. That's legit my personal number. Even though I have two phones, uh-huh. that's my personal number. The other one's my business phone. Okay. So you can get a hold of me on Signal. Download the app Signal or Telegram and put me in your phone. It'll automatically find me, and then we can have confidential conversations. Um, and I do actually invoice people when they do sign up. Uh-huh. I have a coaching agreement. I have an invoice thing. There's a they have a Trello that they're gonna sign up for that they're gonna that's gonna take them for it, take them through the program. So it's very structured, yeah, and very orderly, and there's always like notes and things being taken. Okay. But um, the reason why we have the invoice is that you can write it off as training or consultation ah, or whatever. Yeah, that's if you, smart. If you have your own business, yeah, this is legit consulting. This is continued education. Wow. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it. Yeah, and then I'm going to have this, I have this $1,500 retreat where we have basically this $2 million house on a river um, set up for the venue. It's like a three-story villa. Holy shit. Yeah, for like 10 people. Um, And so, but there's only room for 10 people. Yeah. And then I'm going to be doing some, now I also started working, I started doing shaman work on a pot farm up there. Okay. Which they'll let me rent the space. We're going to set up some yurts and tents and we're going to do the legit style, like old school out in the woods journeys. Wow. Under the stars journeys. Okay. Yeah. And they're going to be way less expensive because they're just, I don't have to rent out a million dollar house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's like a $300 weekend or something, yeah, you know, yeah. but all you got to do is fly up to Portland, which is cheap. Yeah. It's like 200 bucks both ways right now. Um, and then the farm is within 45 minutes of the airport. Wow. Yep. Okay. In a state where it's legal, not decriminalized. Yes. Legal. Legal. 
Perfect. Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. And then getlucid.org. Or sorry, no, no, no. Lucid Earth. Get Lucid is my next website I'm building. Lucidearth.org. Uh-huh. That is where I'm updating the retreats. And you can book my time actually there too. Okay. Yeah. You can actually go in there and look for under services. There's like retreats, bookings. The retreats one, because it's a medicine journey, is locked. You have to get a hold of me and get the password. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's on, and it's not just for my protection. It's for everybody else's. Like, totally. there's like CEOs, lawyers, doctors that are going to show up to these things, and they don't want anybody knowing. Yeah. So like, there has to be some serious confidentiality here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, LucidEarth.org. You can book my time. You can book me for any one of those things. If you're just like, well, I don't want to do the holy shit package. I just want to do goal sitting. <laughs> you should call it that. I will. Yeah. The okay. Holy shit package. HS, yeah. The HSP. Just. Yeah, the just holy shit package. H- yeah. What does HSP stand for? Holy shit. The holy shit package. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't want the holy shit package, um, you know, if you just want to learn sacred geometry because it's like your budget or your time, then right. cool. Then I can do a ninety minute on Zoom and record it for you. Nice. Yeah, and you get to keep it, and there's downloadable content you can print off, and I give you exercises and actually show you how to use it in your life. It's not just philosophy. Yeah. It's literally how to like bend reality. It's crazy. That's. I love that. Yeah. That is, uh, dude, this is amazing. And then I've got apprenticeships coming up soon. Okay. Where I'm going to teach people to do what I do. To, like, take my place. Can I can I sign up for that? There's also that. There's also an option. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the holy, holy shit program. I want everything. That's the H2 squared P. <laughs> That's the holy shit times two. Yeah. Holy shit squared. Holy shit squared. <laughs> and that's it. That's all I got. Cool. Well, shit, you got something for everybody, and that's amazing. And I, yeah, I'm intrigued. I want to do it. Yeah. Um, well, hey, listen, thanks for uh, spending time, man. Hell it's yeah. good to see you. You too. I learned a lot. I fucking, shit, I didn't, all different <laughs> sides and angles I didn't even know. I'm a survivor, man. I'm seeing spiritual. Right I'm now. a spiritual survivalist, and so are you, and so are the people that are listening. There's people that have been through way, way worse than me that I can't believe. Like people inspire me all the time. Yeah. The shit, the shit they've been through, and how low they've been, and how high they go, and yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for us to, you know, it's hard to share these stories. Yeah. Really, I don't like the vulnerability, but it's it's true, and it helps people. Powerful. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time, and thanks again for everybody listening. Please like, share, uh, subscribe, everything. All the above. Tell I'm your on, mother, tell your father. Tell I'm you. on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. Hit him up on Facebook. Hit me up if you don't can't find me. If you can't, if you find, can't him. find me. If he's too yeah. ninja for you, hit me up because I can get a hold of him. Um, but yes, again, thank you for listening and, uh, have a good rest of your day or night or whatever. Part two coming soon. Part two.